Hey guys, welcome back to the Fan Holes Podcast. We're doing another one of our stellar Toku Thursday episodes. If you've been following us, which I really hope you have, and a lot of you have been, we've been doing Gaim through our good buddy Derek's request, my fellow Fan Hole. We're not just doing the Gaim episodes, we're also doing movies, because actually a lot of the movies are plot, like, directive toward the episodes. They drop hints and stuff, and there's actually reasons to watch these movies besides the fact that they're, you know, big, huge action set pieces. There's actually stuff you can find out more about the guy in the universe by watching these interstitial movies. One of the ones we're going to be doing tonight is another huge crossover movie. And this one does feature Gaim. But it's very interesting because this is a big movie as far as cast. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie. And what this movie actually reminds me of that we're going to be talking about is The Expendables. Now, two and three, you can say what you want. They got kind of weird with the franchise. But the first Expendables I thought was really fun. And that was because basically the whole idea was bringing back all these 80s action heroes. And sure, it wasn't Rambo, it wasn't John Matrix or the Terminator or, you know, like, they weren't playing those roles. But there's a lot of 80s actors that you remember, and it was kind of fun. It was a fun little romp. And that's what we have tonight. We have a uh, Kamen Rider movie called Show vs. Heisei. And... It's basically every one of the older Showa Rider era, which, for lack of a better explanation, there was two different eras in the Kamen Rider franchise. The Showa Riders were the guys who were pretty much in suits, had a little bit of armor on their chests and stuff, they looked more like bugs, and they had kind of more of a superhero-y vibe, if you want to go with that. The Heisei era, they're usually called the Armored Riders because their suits are more elaborate, they usually have varying themes from being a wizard to liking fruit to liking cars, you know. So there's a definite disconnect between those two eras. And this movie concentrates on that a lot. And, of course, our wonderful way of doing things, we decided since we had a kind of a cooperative podcast last time when we did the uh, Wizard and Guy movie, we would bring back a good friend of ours. So if you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hey everybody, this is Luke Giaconetti here. I'm glad to be back on Fan Holes talking about some Kamen Rider once again. And this uh, this film was a lot of fun. It's, it's what I like to call the mashup smashup type of movie. Woo! And, and I'm not it. It's not, it's not just Tony and I. We have our other Toku uh, Thursday regular <laughs> on board with us. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. It's going to be super awesome doing uh, Heisei vs. Showa. I, I, I enjoy the, the fight scenes in this and... For the most part, Gaim himself, Orange Arms, gets to make pretty pretty awesome, good showings until a certain point, which I will unleash my nerd rage on the podcast. <laughs> but but overall, this is this is pretty fun. All I have to say is, Jackadetti, the fan holes will never share the introduction with the <laughs> directive <laughs> ever again. Oh, well, you know, the, oh. the battle lines have been drawn, I guess. All, all yeah, I just no, wanted to say, no. uh, just just to build on what you were saying, Tony, is that 
much like in the Godzilla series or the Gamera series in the, the Daikaiju realm, the Showa and Heisei eras are named after the period in the era of, that Japan was in. It's named after the, the emperor. So the Showa riders started, of course, oh. with the original Kamen Rider, which was Takeshi Hongo, Kamen Rider Ichigo, or one, as they call him. And that runs all through the riders from the 70s and 80s up to and including Kamen Rider Black RX. Then we get the three movie riders, which even though they technically were produced during the Heisei period of Japan, they are lumped with the Showa riders, and that was Shin, Zio, and Jay. So after the movie riders, the series went on hiatus for a few years, and when it was brought back with Kamen Rider Kuga, Kuga is the first of the Heisei riders and all the riders that have appeared since Kuga, starting with Agito, Ryuki, Fais, and so forth. Those are the Heisei riders. This is very similar to the, the the best example, like I said, is the Godzilla series, where the Showa era of films begins with Gojira in 1954 and runs up through Terror of Mechagodzilla in 1974, and then the Heisei films begin with Return of Godzilla in 1984, a.k.a. Godzilla 1985 here in the States, and runs through Godzilla vs. Destoroya in 95. And then the new series was called the Millennium Series just because the series, again, took a couple of years off and came back. But that, the, the Showa and Heisei, it, you know, it, we, we, it, it's, it's one we kind of throw around. And, uh, you know, you, we, we're, we're, as uh, tokusatsu fans, we're just used to it. We know the difference between Showa and Heisei kind of in, in, instinctively. But I thought that might be, you know, yeah. just a little background for the listeners in case they, they haven't heard those terms. So you, you guys have done some Showa stuff, like you did Kikaida. And if, I think you've done some other show era stuff, but with Gaim, we're clearly, clearly in the Heisei era, not only in obviously when it was produced, but as you were saying, the look of the characters and the, uh, the style of the storytelling. ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、ライダー、
like, oh, these are these are Millennium Riders, and these are Heisei Riders, and these are Showa Riders. It's just yeah. in in the, in the purpose of this movie, it's like here's the Showa guys, and here's the Heisei guys, and 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 that's how we're going to delineate the two generations of of common yeah. riders and stuff. And I guess it's probably interesting because it doesn't seem like there's there's that big of a break where like some of the other you know shows like where it's like you can see a clear delineation between you know, the end of, you know, Ultraman 80 versus Ultraman Tiga. There's all that right. time where they didn't have any, you know, I guess kind of like Shag says about Doctor Who, there's like a wilderness period for, for Ultraman, right? But I, I don't mm. think there's that big of a wilderness period for, for Kamen Rider. So. It, it was it was less because, let's see, I'm trying to remember. I guess it would be the movies, right? Yeah, the 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 because Black RX, I want to Black and Black RX were the were the very end of the eighties, if I if I remember right. They were eighty and eighty eight and eighty nine, and then Kugo was midway through the nineties. So there there was a and and uh, like Tony says, there were the three movie writers in between those. So there there was a bit of a there was a bit of a break, and 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 at least with Common Rider, one of the bigger things is that besides there being a period where there wasn't any Common Rider being produced. The, the series had a big change, much like you said, Derek, looking at Ultraman 80 versus Ultraman Tiga. There's a big tone difference between Black RX and Kuga, you know? Yeah. Uh, Black RX, especially yeah. since it's kind of a light, fun, superhero-y show, which was 180 degrees away from black in the first place. But, you know, that, that's, a, that's a horse yeah. of a different color, mostly black. <laughs> with a little bit of green, but so yeah, it, it, you know, there was a break in there, and and one of the interesting things that I've always heard thrown around, and this kind of goes into what you were saying, Tony, about the the more armored look of the Heisei Riders, is that one of the other the other series that kind of went away around the same time was the Metal Heroes, and that yeah. there's there's always been this kind of fan theory that well they kind of combined them a little bit and made the Riders more like the Metal Heroes, and that they were armored rather than, you know, cybernetic modifications or something like that, like a lot of the uh, the Showa riders were. You know, so yeah, they, they, yeah. they armored up to fight, like the like your yeah, Space yeah. Sheriffs or your uh, Metalder, you know, the, those types of characters. So it, it's interesting because it does kind of continue on the heritage of the Metal Heroes, but also all series at the same time. Yeah, very cool stuff. And you guys got to remember, Common Rider has been around, like Luke said, since the 70s. So there's a lot of history with the series. Also, by the way... <laughs> One little tagline, they almost forgot it in the like, title, so I guess it's understandable why I forgot to mention this. This also features Super Sentai, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start off our movie, though, in Zawane City. Like I said, this does have a lot to do with Guy, so he's going to be a big part of it. It's not just about him, though. But we started in Zawane, and, well, all hell's breaking loose, boys and girls. <laughs> and Zawane City's getting getting fucked up, man. Like, like every, every everybody who, who, who cries in their... In their drink about the end of Man of Steel, like, they, they would watch this and, and weep openly as well, because buildings <laughs> are getting smashed, and city is on fire, and er, er, all kinds of chaos, and, and luckily, I, I believe it's Sunday, so I think everybody's okay, but it's it's in a big, huge business district, and everything's getting majorly fucked up. Yeah, I, I, missed, I missed all the Facebook yeah, exactly. waves over all the... The civilian death. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I must have been off, off Facebook that day because I certainly remembered for Man of Steel two years after the fact. You know, <laughs> still bitching about it. 
you know, but, but everybody's everybody's they, cool with the poor the poor Japanese people in Zawame who were peacefully eating their rice balls and were probably <laughs> slaughtered by Kuga's like <laughs> super kick or whatever happened there. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we'll just you know whatever. We'll, we'll go over. It. We'll like you know skip over that. You know all the death and destruction. It's interesting though because even though this is obviously Zawame City, the first thing that happens is we see a giant fireball going through the sky. But it's not a fireball of a guy, because he's screaming at the impact on one of the buildings. He gets up, and who is it? Of course, it's our hero, Kota. No, it's not Kota. Okay, whoops, sorry. It is actually Kabuto. You thought it was going to be Kota, didn't you? You thought it was going to get some guy. Nope, it is Kamen Rider Kabuto. He just got his butt kicked through a building, but it's okay, because he casts off and turns it to his beetle form. He is attacked by what? Showa Rider? Stronger? What's going on? I don't know. It's... Crazy! Stronger Kabuto face-off. It's actually a pretty cool fight, even though it's rather short. Sorry, Luke. Sh- uh, Stronger does get his ass kicked, uh, even though he does yes, put he up does. a good fight. But but it's okay, because in, in your favor, here comes Skyrider, and he pretty much takes out Kabuto. But it's okay, because here comes Ford, and he takes out Skyrider. But it's okay, because here comes... Oh, man. What, what's the giant rider? I forgot his name. His name is Ryder J, and I believe J. the J stands. Yeah. I, I believe the J stands for giant. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going yeah, with. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a huge rider. He looks almost kind of like Tom Rider or uh, Black Heart. But well, yeah, he's, he's huge. He's, he's, like, he's almost like the, the size, size of. I was gonna say like, except for the fact that he's like the size of Giant Man or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then we finally see our our boy Coda. And he basically says very ominously, you know, if the uh, Showa Riders get in our way, you know, we will defeat them. And, of course, he turns into Gaim. And he proceeds to run away like a bitch for a minute because he is fighting a giant guy. But he is Koda, and he's pretty damn strong. So we end, before we go to our title, like, for our scene transition and our title credits, to, like, him kicking Kamen Rider J and assumingly destroying him. Uh, I will mention, I, I skimmed over this because there were so many fights. When Jay takes out Fours, a lock seed falls, and it's a Fours lock seed, and it lands into the underground, and there's a mysterious individual who takes the lock seed, and he's like, you know, things are going to go, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I just want to say, not, not to gloss over the awesomeness that is Common Rider Guy. I, I just want to say, when Kota decides to face this giant guy, and yeah, he was hopping away because it's all video gaming, because he's hopping from building to building away from the giant that's trying to, like, swat him like a little fly, but then it turns, like, all straight-up shadow of the Colosseum because Orange Arms jumps on his arm, runs up his arm, and then puts on the, the watermelon lock seat, and that's how he kicks his ass, and then he, like, jumps through this huge fireball of awesomeness and then lands <laughs> in the front of the screen, and that leads us to our opening credits. So for me, I'm like, Kota's still awesome right now, and I'm like, woo! So that no, no, no nerd rage from me. Zero nerd rage. I think this is tits awesome so far. So, so that's, that's where I'm yeah, at, I for, I, I for, on the nerd rage meter. I, I, I feel bad. I forgot, to, I forgot to mention watermelon arms, which is one of your favorite arms. So, yeah, that, that is my bad. It, um, awesome, awesome meter high, nerd rage zero at this point. But, but that will change <laughs> later at on. This point. Then, we get, then we get our title screen, of course, you know, Shoah versus Heisei. But we go, like, any good movie that is going to make you, like, think about stuff, we go back to a week earlier. This is when... 
Zawami is all, you know, perfectly fine. Nothing's going on. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. However, we do go to the underground near a subway system that Yig Brazil is working on. And there's a big crack that forms. It's not like the normal guy cracks with like the zipper and they go to Helheim. It's like this weird purple energy. And a big-ass hand jumps out of it and takes two workers. That's not good. Then we uh, cut to Coda and Mai, and they're chilling out in the guy home for the homeless. And <laughs> basically, Mai is like, you know, there's a, uh, this you know article says there's another world inside our world, which is kind of heavy stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. we're getting some, you know, conspiracy theory science here. <laughs> I don't know what kind of paper Mai's reading that she's getting this news from. <laughs> she, she, she's actually she's actually reading Tarzan at the Earth's core. Like that's yeah, that's what the newspaper has inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Kodo, however, he, being very uh, suspicious of Yig Drazil, he thinks it's actually Yig Drazil. They might be up to something, especially when Mai says two workers were reported missing. So he drags Mai along. Well, let's be honest, he doesn't drag Mai along. Mai drags him along. <laughs> you know what I wanted to ask about that is is just to frame like uh, this is not an element of confusion and it's not necessarily a criticism of the movie but in terms of what we've covered so far and what I've seen I I did have a brief moment of like since when has my sort of been in the loop as far as the Yggdrasil Corporation. It's like, I know, you know, Michi's in the middle of it all. I know Kaito and Kota have both gone there. They've both been captured. They've both broken in and broken out and broken in and broken out. So, like, I know they're all kind of familiar with, like, the ins and outs of Yggdrasil. They, they're kind of, you know, talking more with Takatora. Like, they're familiar with a lot of the corruption, a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, even though all of them don't know everything about every aspect. But us as an audience... We're, we're kind of spoiled, like, we know all about Yggdrasil, and I just kind of thought to myself, wait, so he's bringing Mai with her, and, like, I, I know this worked out by happenstance, but we ended up covering the Tokuger versus Gaim before we talked about this movie, and originally my plan was to talk about this movie first, because technically it aired first, but technically the Tokuger versus Gaim is a prequel to this movie, and in yep, that movie... Yep. He's he's all about protecting Mai, like, oh, let's send Mai away on a train and everything. But in this, it's like, let's go to Yggdrasil. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's root out the, the evil corporation or whatever and find out if they're they're causing this crazy stuff in Zawame. But you would think, like, uh, I don't know if they're past that because of what happened in Tokyo Groover's vs. Gaim. But I, I, I did kind of fi find myself feeling a little bit of a disconnect. And I was just curious what you guys thought of it because I was kind of thinking since when does my know about all this stuff and I'm scratching my chin like anybody can see it on a podcast <laughs> but that's that's what I was doing so you're, I was just curious doing, what you, yeah you're doing that up to the mic so that we can all see it so. right 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 so yeah. so so I was just curious what you guys thought of that particular see, moment yeah the, the thing about for me is that I watched Tokuga as it was airing but I, I, I I've only seen what I've seen of Gaim after the fact so when it was Tokuga versus Gaim, the spring vacation combining special, I had no idea who the hell any of the people on Gaim were. Okay. So I did think, wow. I mean, I, I do remember them putting her on a train and saying, get her out of here. It's like, on the rainbow line, gone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny, you know, and I, I just imagined her like ordering food from Wagon on the, on the train and all that. Mostly because I like thinking about Wagon. I got a friend of mine who's unhealthily obsessed with Wagon. <laughs> 
It's like she has handlebars on her head. But uh, it's <laughs> so, exciting. Yeah, you know, quit laughing. Yeah. Quit laughing. Quit laughing, Derek. Your your girlfriend is my hush. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. But even beyond that, I, I did think it was kind of odd that they, you know, because it did, from what we saw even in, like, uh, Sengoku War, Mai wasn't really involved with, with what he was doing. She was there and she was supporting him, but she wasn't, like, one of his allies, like, on the field of battle kind of thing. Right, right. You know, it's not like Rina and Rico on Drive, where they're out there every week helping Kamen Rider Drive, you know, even right, though they're just right. normal humans. So it was, I mean, I figured they kind of had to bring her along in the story a little bit. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like it was kind of like she needs something to do this movie, so let's have yeah, her like so have, bring her along. tag along on the the Yggdrasil break in or whatever. But that's, that's kind of how I yeah. yeah, and she can't be a priestess in this one like she was in the last movie. So right, right. <laughs> what what, what, what yeah. about you, Tony? Do you have any alternate take on that moment or anything? Any insight? Well, you know, it could be seen that way that like you know, Mai's just kind of tagging along just to be a part of the Scooby Gang, you know, just like let's let's go run the Ritteries. Right. But, <laughs> There's also there's also the fact that hmm maybe this is a hint that Mai's going to get a little bit more involved in things later on in the series. Just saying. okay, okay, and, okay. No, no, no. That's good to have your input because you you've seen it all, and I'm just offering my take as as we're watching it, you know, in progress. That this is you know maybe it's just an inkling, like you're saying, of things to come. This is this is the this is the first time I've noticed her taking a more active role in investigating Yggdrasil and, and being a part of the Scooby gang. Cause mostly up to this point, she's been very adamant about, you know, dancing and, and trying to take charge in that sense, but not actively participating in any of the sort of super heroic action beats as we've been sort of describing them. Yeah. yeah. Definitely no spoilers. Don't worry. She doesn't get a warring driver. She doesn't become common rider, blah, blah, blah. However, there's an incredibly funny, and this doesn't spoil anything because it's not canon. It doesn't fit in with the series. There's an incredibly funny clip on YouTube where there's a, a roundtable where they talk back to fans and all the uh, various actors do their common rider henshin. Of course, they don't transform. They just do the whole, like, you know, henshin, you know, common rider of that one. They actually get my henshin to do at the show, which I thought was cute and adorable. <laughs> I liked it. Derek's like, I'm looking it up right now. Right now. <laughs> I've got to log out. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is as bad as in the Sengoku War, those girls were for the Team Baron. Remember the, the Baron dancers with the black? Yes. <laughs> uh, a team team Mahatatsu, yeah. Okay. Team Hot Pants, that's right. Yeah, well, <laughs> team Team Pop Up. Yeah, I'm sad. They're, they they apparently never come back after the big last arc we covered. They they disappear forever. So I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, yeah. I actually on the Common Rider wiki it says that they break up soon after everything goes to hell. So anyway, they're they're in these subterranean caverns of the subway system. They don't get grabbed by hand, but they do fall through a crack. And again, not the the giant cracks, but the kind of mysterious purple crack. And kind of a nice little cinematography moment. They fall upwards, and they kind of pop out back in Zawame City, but they're upside down. You know, oh, Zawame City turns upside down, and they're kind of like, wait, is this our Zawame? And then they look up, and they see, like, 
the 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 island and stuff in the ocean. They're like, oh my god, we're inside the world. It's inside a world, and it's kind of trippy. It's kind of like. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking of it as, like, Marvel's, like, counter-Earth. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, there's another Earth, like, right behind the sun. And so you're like, what? You know, but there, but there is, you know, and it's like, and Adam Warlock's on it. And there's a bunch of fucking beast guys that the evolutionary made or whatever. And it's like, th- that's kind of what I thought of when they, when they kind of went through and you're like, oh, wait, they're in the exact same spot they were, sort of, but not really, you know? So, yeah, it is pretty trippy, but that's kind of what I thought of was was Marvel's Counter-Earth when, when they did that. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of like Gartaris over there as well. You know, the, the world within, yeah. within the Earth. Right, right, yeah. Sun and atmosphere and all. The upside-down camera shot, I don't know if this is intentional, but given that this is a Showa versus Heisei film, early on in Kamen Rider, especially in the first Kamen Rider series, sometimes they would flip the camera upside-down, and you'd be looking at the fight upside-down. Huh. And he would kick a bunch of Shocker combat men and then flip back over and everything would be back right side up or something. They were, you know, they, they didn't have the budget that like Subaraya had on the ultra shows. So they were trying to do anything they could to make their fights look, you know, kinetic and dynamic. So that, it made me think of that. I think it may just be coincidence, but you know, I, I don't believe in coincidence, you know, <laughs> not in Tokusatsu. Yeah. yeah. Callbacks are plenty. And like, I'm sure I'm glad you're here for the show of stuff. Cause yeah, I won't know all the callbacks. Definitely. But yeah, they kind of wander around the city just for a nice little cameo for now. It'll be more important later. And I'm not ruining anything because if you've seen the episode, you've seen the show, you know who it is. We get a brief glimpse of Sukasa, who is Kamen Rider Decayed, and he's taking a picture of them. This is, however, after they meet up with our, I guess, most important tertiary character of the movie. We meet a boy yeah. named Shu. I'm like, oh. I'm like, if this was an American film, he'd be played by Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, totally. Shu is, is at first completely terrified of Mai and Coda, and he runs away. And at first, it just seems like they're chasing him, and he's just a scared little kid. But kids got powers, and I guess he's a mutant. I don't know. They 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 describe the power. Uh, as a ability to reverse things. He uses this when they're going up a, a fire escape or a series of steps where he pulls back the, the, the metal landings and slips through them to try to escape Coda. It's kind of funny, actually, because Coda keeps running into walls and stuff. They finally manage to corral him, and he's like, I have an important power, and I know I must use it, but I don't know what for. And you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for the love of God. <laughs> This this fucking kid. <laughs> but uh, Koda and Mai being being very nice as they are, they they're gonna try to help him and stuff. And like I said, Sukasa is not there, but he's kind of in the background. He takes a couple of pictures, and at first you just see him take pictures, and you're like, oh, the bad guy's taking pictures, and you're like, ah, decayed. And then you're like, oh yeah, Show versus Heisei, he's kind of got to be there. But he's he's kind of important on that. Koda and Mai managed to get back to the crack where they came in from, and they appear back on, I guess you would say, Zawame 616. And it's not long before they're confronted. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sure Luke was very happy about this. Takeshi Hongo is Kamen Rider 1. He was a motorcycle racer who was kidnapped by the evil organization Shocker to become one of their cyborg foot soldiers. And he was transformed into a cybernetic combination of, like, a human and a robot grasshopper. But he woke up during the operation and managed to escape before Shocker finished the uh, brainwashing part of the 
uh, of their uh, their surgery on him, and so he escaped and became common rider and fought for many years against the armies of Shocker. So he was created by the very army that he fights, which is where that trope comes from in common rider that they say, "Oh, you're the same as where what, as the thing you fight," you know. And he is the first and yeah, the I'm... most badass of all common riders. And if you don't believe me, just look at how he looks like in this movie before he transforms. <laughs> that is the original. That was the original actor. I thought it was. Yeah, right? yeah, it is. It yeah, is. I thought so. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is this is tantamount to if if people can can bear with a few analogies, like so that they if if you're not familiar with with common writers at all, or at least the 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 vast scope of the different franchises that they have this would be like if bill hartnell was still alive and he met matt smith this would be like if captain kirk if william shatner in all his chubby glory showed up on star trek voyager and was like hey what's up Janeway? how you doing you know like like that that's exactly what this would be like like in in terms of this would be like if harrison ford was in a new star wars movie oh shit never mind oh wait um, <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Damn it. <laughs> Too soon! <laughs> like, you know, you know what's funny, though? Like, by the time this airs, it might be too old. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? One thing you were talking about earlier with the, you know, the, your, your marking out was that Maximum and Fan Rage was non-existent. As right. soon as Takeshi Hongo shows up, I'm in the exact same boat. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, Takeshi Hongo! Yeah! Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> This is awesome. You know, you know what's funny though. Like, I have to share. Like, I, I, I would look for figure arts because I did watch like probably the first ten or twelve episodes of you know the Takeshi Hongo. So I haven't, I haven't quite caught up to where I guess he had that accident and they had to replace him with a different actor. But I, I have seen some of the initial episodes and I enjoyed them a, a good deal and everything. But yep. in those initial episodes, he has like his original costume and I know he goes through a couple costumes. And when I was looking for like figure arts and stuff, I was always confused. Like, I'm like, what's the difference between like Common Rider 1 and Common Rider 2? And this is how I managed to keep track and remember it. Yep. Myself. Yep. So, this, so, this so, so, so this is, this is what I do. I'm like, how do I tell the difference between one and two when you're looking at what figure art to buy? Because that's that's all it's good for. No, I don't know. Anyway, but but well, so, one and two, but one and two are two different guys. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, so but, I, w- I would get confused. So the way I remember it is, Earth Two has the first Golden Age Superman, and Takeshi Hongo's most current outfit has two Adidas stripes. Thus. He's the first common writer, so that's how I keep it, keep track of it in my own head, because he's like the Earth Two Superman. So if it if, if it if it makes it any any more confusing for you, they did do an SH figure arts of Takeshi Hongo in his of or Common Rider One in his original costume as well. Right, right, which which has well, no stripes, right? No stripes, right? <laughs> See, that, so, so that's that, that's but but that's fine. But I'm just saying, for the purposes of this movie, the guy with the two Adidas stripes is Takeshi Hongo, and he yeah. is the first Kamen Rider. Because before I was thinking like, well, how come the first Kamen Rider doesn't have one set of Adidas stripes? And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's way too complicated. But that's okay. The interesting thing about Takeshi, though, I remember when I said I was talking about Expendables and how they brought back 80s actors. This is kind of like the second and third is almost though because this is a very well known common. He's the first common writer. Come on, how I mean, if you like the series, you know who he is. And 
he's not on their side, really. He's not going to fight them. He doesn't, like, say he's going to kick their ass, but he's like, hand shoe over. You know, the boy must come with me. He doesn't quite explain himself, though, and not really his fault because a bunch of Badan Empire cronies rushed them at that point. Did you like the fact, Luke, that the uh, Badan guys, even though, or Badan, however you want to say it, even though they're, like, in red suits and they don't look like the Die Shocker or Shocker guys, they're, they're still going, ee, ee. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's like a standard Shocker thing to, to screech, ee, ee, ee. And I, I did like it because it's a, it's a mix of different foot soldiers from different eras. We get from all sorts of Showa foot soldiers kind of show up in there. We do get some Shocker yeah. combat men. We get the, the Combaroids, which I were from the, they, they served the Badan Empire, which was from Z-Cross. We get the Chaps, who served General Judon from Counter Black RX. So I, I love those old guys because, especially in the Showa ones, they get away from this a bit in the Heisei ones. You get it every now and again. When when the combat men or the, you know, the putty patrol, whatever you want to call them, would show up, Kamen Rider would kick the living crap out of them. Just not even, not even coming close to them doing any sort of damage, you know? And that's yeah, and exactly Takashi, what... Takashi does that. Yeah, he, yeah, he just... Exactly he what Kamen Rider 1 does here. He, just, he, just, he mows through them like, like a scythe through grass, you know? <laughs> no challenge and, and, whatsoever. And it, is, and it is interesting, though, because even though he doesn't seem to like Gaim, he even knows him by name. He's like, you're a Kamen Rider Gaim. And he's like, how do you know that? He also tells them to get away. So it's like... You know, you're 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 definitely like from especially the earlier fight scene. You're like, what the fuck is going on? But he does tell them to get away. He's like, run, get out of here. They get to the surface, and then the Badan Empire launches full scale. I don't know these guys. Look, he might have helped me out. There's a half bat guy. He's like, he's a bat, but half his face is like rotted, and the other half of his face is like a monster bat. And then there's a tiger guy. I call them Tiger Bomb because that's what he calls his attack. And Kaijin from again from different shows. The, the tiger guy is named Tigeroid, and he's from Z-Cross. Okay. And I want to say the other guy is Yamarashi-Roid, and I think he's also from Z-Cross. But I may, I may be incorrect okay. on that. The tiger guy I know is from Z-Cross. When, when we look, took a look at Superhero Wars Z, or even the, you know, where, where it was a mix of monsters that all showed up at the end to fight them, and th- this is something that we yeah. see for old monsters that they have on hand, and it's a big monster army of random guys. I mean, we get guys here going back as far as Scorpion Man from the original Common Rider, and up into and including wow. you know guys from like O's. There, there's Greeds and stuff like that from O's. So there's all yeah, sorts. Yeah, all those. Yeah. And one of the the big bads later on in the film, somebody that they fight. So it is Common Rider bad guys. If you've watched any show a Common Rider to try and spot the bad guy here. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a uh, like who's who of like bad guys. However. They are in Zawami City. So, you know, Koda's not totally alone, even though he may have show writers kind of dicking with him. Baron shows up, and he's standing on a ledge. And uh, you got to love Kaito. He's just like, new enemies? Hell yeah. Throws on his belt, and Banana Arms comes in. I, um, I love that. I actually should note specifically of that line, because it reminded me a lot, again, of, of when we had this discussion during the Sengoku War, where... That given his preference, Kaido would live in a in a in an era where you could you know you could be yourself just by on your power, and and live on, live on yeah. those kinds of terms. And so the idea that he sees an army and not not just new enemies, but an army that is there for him to fight, he he's relishing the idea that there's a new battle before him. And I, I just in that yeah, one exactly. little, yeah, he, little second 
of characterization, it told you a lot about Kaido. And, and so you can see that he, he's eager to transform and get in on it because there's, there's a new way to prove his power. I really did dig that. And on the opposite side of the scale, which makes no sense, here comes <laughs> Takatora and Michi. And, I, yeah, they, and they just, they, like, like you say, they just, they just show up to show up. Can, can I go back just for a second? Like, I, I just want to say my, my nerd rage meter is still at zero because I love, I love all the fucking transformations in this film. It's like they got more money to spend on the transformations or whatever. Cause they're all like mid transformation and they're all like these super badass things. Like I love when all the guys from, from the Badon Empire like throw all these arrows at Shu and Mai and then Kota just basically steps in front of them and then he transforms. And it's like instead of the orange that just coming badass. down, Instead of the orange just coming down over his head, it's like the orange peels disperse, and then they spin around. Like imagine like Captain America's shield, but it's an orange, and it's in peel sections, and then it just spins like crazy. And instead of all these explosive arrows like killing people, it's just they flick all over the place, and there's all these badass explosions as he transforms. And I'm like, that was fucking badass. Like I love that. <laughs> I'm like you, and 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 what's great is that that really progresses throughout the rest of this movie. It's like you know, you know how I guess your common thing would be like it takes 15 minutes for these guys to transform. Why don't you just punch them in the face while they're transforming? And and this does a great job. This movie of like shattering that notion where it's like you do not fucking fuck with me while i'm transforming like i am i am transforming right now motherfucker and if you try to fuck with me you will get knocked on your ass while i'm transforming because that's not how we play by these rules like this is not how we play in this house like like you you back the fuck off while i'm in the middle of transforming or i will fucking end you i will put you on your ass if you mess with my transformation. And I just, I, I really dig that, that part of it. And then the, the other thing I thought I'd mention, especially since we have Luke on the show and we can, we can reference his previous guest spot on the, the guy wizard thing. Like there's that weird moment where Kota basically, like, I think Shu says to him, like something about, you know, Oh, the, the common writer wanted me, you know, cause it's the first common writer. And and Kotis is something like, what's a common writer? And and I'm kind of thinking yeah, like, yeah. you were in a fucking movie with fucking thirteen of them, and they were all fighting and shit. What do you mean, what's a fucking common writer? Like, you know. And so anyway, I just I just yeah, wanted to I, mention that. the way I took that is like, wow, Coda is dumb. But <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not real bright, are you? No, you're not. Go back to dancing your fruit, pal. <laughs> I just I just picture like I just picture Haruto as wizard just patting him on the head. That's nice. You run along now. There you go. Yeah, and I guess that's I, I have to chalk that up to to Kota having like a Flash Thompson Venom moment where it's like, oh yeah, come on Flash, just just walk over here and we won't kill anybody. Dur, okay, Electra, and then Punisher like blows away like everybody in the room or whatever. So I guess I guess that's what I have to chalk up that moment. But, has he absorbed any like serious head trauma between the two films, perhaps? 
he gets his ass kicked a lot. I'm sure. I'm sure by now, Takatori is probably comatose. I, I, I'd have to say that's an affirmative by this point. He goes, he goes to the doctor. It's like, what is wrong with you? You have you have the, a brain scan of a 75 year old man. <laughs> Are you getting into fights every day against monsters? Uh, no. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> occasionally. Quite often. Let's not let's not play the blame game, okay? Mistakes were made. Let's just move on from here. <laughs> like the daughter just gets worried because like, like I turned into an orange. <laughs> <laughs> we need a psychoval in this patient to meet. <laughs> oh man! So oh, so man. yeah yeah. There's that yeah. weird. It's for me, there's that weird moment that Takatora and Michi join in, and, and they do this later in the film, and I'm also kind of left wondering, like, isn't that supposed to be sort of still a big secret at this point, or at least not not completely yeah. in the open? And and you sort of kind of wonder, like, okay, they just both magically show up together. It's like you'd, you'd think, like, it'd be like that thing of, like, if you're, you know, not, not, I'm not saying the two brothers are having an affair with one another, but like just for the purposes of explanation, if you were married and you were having an affair with another woman, like you wouldn't just randomly show up with her hand in hand and be like to your wife, Hey baby, we were late and like, let's sit down and eat dinner. You know, it's like, you would like be like, all right, I'm going to come in first and then you show up like five minutes later and then we'll all sit down and have dinner. Okay. And, and, and wipe off that lipstick off your mouth before you, you walk in the front or whatever. But in this case, it just seems like they all come in, they've got lipstick all over one another, and and, and they're just like, hi, we're late. And they're like holding hands, swinging them together. And you're like, come on, like, they, they, yeah. you should like a little on the down low with this kind of thing. But, but in the cases of this movie, it's just like they both show up at the same time and are like, we're brothers. And then they go and like fight. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Yeah, because uh, like I said, Takatora has an arc in the the in Gaim that I'm not going to spoil. But at this moment in time, like you know, he is definitely still a big bad. He is still evil, and that may change. It may not. You know, it, it you know we'll see how his arc plays out. But definitely at this point, he would not just be like you know, Michi. You know, come on, old chum, let's get in the Takatora mobile and go help Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, basically their their dialogue to each other was, "Well, if you're here, I know I can do it. Well, if you're here, I know I can do it." It's like high five in bug yeah. guys, you know. <laughs> Way to go, Mitchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, it, it, yeah. The, like I said, I've said this many times, and now it's becoming a trope. But really, like, during these movies, Takatora just shows up just to show up. He's just like, getting paid, bitches, I'm turning into fucking, you know, Shin Zengetsu, so we're, we're getting this money. Uh, anyway, there's a big fight. It's a really cool fight, I'm not going to lie. The, the fights in this movie are spectacular. Luke mentioned earlier, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not spoiling anything, the, the story is kind of thin, but the fights are spectacular. They're really well done. Like As Derek said, they went pretty big on the budget on this. They're fighting all kinds of different enemies from different shows and whatnot throughout the history of Kamen Rider. And then we get kind of a new guy. He was introduced in the Tokuger Gaim crossover, but we see him here pretty much full form. Kamen Rider 15. He just pretty much walks up, mows through some of the good guys, and faces off with Koda. I think this 
the nerd rage is like at like a half point now because uh, you know it's like to me like we were talking about even though Takatora just shows up in these things in, in my mind he is one of the big bads of Gaim like Koda and him have had repeated face-offs against one another and it's not like an easy thing to fight him but in this for the purposes of this movie it's just like oh hey what's up it's like my name's Telos and I'm the newest villain of the DC universe hi I'm Darkseid fuck you Darkseid <laughs> And he just gets kind of like slapped away. And that's kind of what it feels like what happens here where it's like, hi, I'm 15. I'm like the newest big bad. I'm actually the big bad of this film. Like, I'm going to transform, get my shitty Karg haircut from Masters of the Universe and like, you know, <laughs> smack, smack you upside the head, you know, Takatora. Dude, dude, like, dude, Derek, I went to Secret Brothers use on that because when I saw the hair on his helmet, I was like, you look like that guy from Masters of the Universe movie. I'm like, I'm like, like he got the Karg lock seed or whatever the fuck he got. And then he's like, I am going to like, you know, bitch smack you. And like, that's what it felt like. It's like, he kind of like, like Takatora's like, I got this. Oh wait, no, I don't. To be fair though, Derek, to give Luke a nod, 15 does have the power of the 15 high state riders. And he does turn into common rider wizard. Wizard. Yes. <laughs> wizard yeah. arms. Shabadooby touch. The other funny <laughs> thing about, about 15 is that his, his initial armored form, he's got the whole skull motif going on. Yeah. Yeah. And there was another yeah. character created by Shotaro Ishinomori, who's oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Skullman, right? Skullman, which was the first thing that popped into my mind is when he showed up with all the skulls. I'm like, is is this a, a kind of subtle, you know, nod to Ishinomori's other creation with Skullman? They don't. I didn't find anything like official that you know this the way it is with these commenter things. They make a point of yes, this is an official reference. It, it goes in the book, but that was all I could figure is that this is this guy was really a strong nod to that. So we got kind of his two most well-known creations getting to fight each other with Kamen Rider and Skullman going at each other, you know? Wow. I, I, I totally, I totally didn't think of that. Like you, you made, you made Kamen Rider 15 a little cooler in my eyes just now than, yeah. than he was previously. I, get away! He makes your forgiveness as do we all. We, we live only to serve you. It would be a pity to waste their talent. Save your pity for yourself if you fail. Take them and whatever troops and resources you need. I was not suggesting that I go. Then you should not have spoken. It's, a, it's okay. I'm going to take him down a notch again, though. Because <laughs> whereas because where his wizard has shabba dabba do the hitchin, shabba dabba do the hitchin. All 15 under 15, seriously, he just goes shabba do hitchin. And I'm like, dude, you killed the song, man. Come on. <laughs> Well, they got well, to make it cool the little, part. The little, they got to make it into the little lock seed jingle. Shabba dooba, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I, I did yeah. like again. We, we, we have a comeback because when it's like Kota starts out in orange arms, but then he realizes this guy's you know the big bad, so he's a little tougher. So then he turns into you know the Jimber lemon arms, which is like a upgraded you know, version of, of, it's like the, you know, soda and it's got one of those like Genesis drivers yeah. and stuff. So, but, but I did like that, you know, again, we had that moment of like, you know, 15 runs for him while he's transforming. And then there's this basic output of energy where it knocks him away going like, you know, fuck you. You're not, you're not <laughs> attacking me while I transform, bitch. Like step off. And I was just like, I, I love that stuff. Cause it's like, do not, Fuck with yeah. me while I'm in the middle of turning into Jimber Lemon Art. Yeah, the, the transformation yeah, uh, is my thing, man. 
It's my thing, dude. It's what I do. Henshin, duh. <laughs> However, though, even though he does turn to Jimmer Lemons, and he does put up a better fight, he's still not getting the better part of this fight. He's not losing, but he's he's getting overpowered a little bit. But it's okay because explosions, Kamen Riders 1, 2, and V3 appear on their bikes, flying over Toda. And Luke, that that was pretty badass. Yeah, what you you don't get more badass than 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 the original three Common Riders, because you know Common Rider, as, as you alluded to earlier, the second Common Common Rider two is Hayato Ichimonji, and when the actor who plays Takeshi Hongo got hurt in a motorcycle accident, of all things, they they had to keep the series going. So there was a couple of episodes or four or five episodes made where they used just archival footage of Hongo and then had Kamen Rider just appear transformed. But then when it became clear that they were going to have to go a little bit longer than this, that they could pull it off, they brought in a new character and made him the second Kamen Rider, where Shocker turned him into a cyborg also. And then eventually the two of them joined forces in like the back half of the original Kamen Rider series, is Kamen Rider 1 and 2 fighting against Shocker all over the world. And then V3 was obviously the, the third Common Rider, and he also teamed up with the first two quite a lot in his series. So the three of them as a unit is a very common thing in the Showa Common Rider series. And V3 has my favorite Common Rider kick attack of all time, which is the Common Rider V3 centrifugal kick. Where he yeah. spins around in a circle and the camera spins in the other direction and it looks like a like a vortex kick because he kicks the guy in, into oblivion. I just want to preface like maybe for for later when we get to the reason behind the rift between the Heisei and Showa riders, the 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 so-called reasoning of why they can't get along. I just want to say I've seen like I have the V3 DVD sets. I haven't seen every episode, but there's some there's some tragic death and horrible stuff that goes on. In the creation mm-hmm. of V three, so so I just want to throw that out there, just just for later. Just keep that in mind. That there's, <laughs> there's some there's some horrible family like yeah. like, and it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, it's a little girl and he's got a family, and it's like they're not going to do anything to. Oh my god! Like they, they yeah. killed them all. So it's like it's like I just want to put that out there because there's some there's some tragic death in 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 all eras of common writers. So just just so that's planted in your mind as we progress mm-hmm. with this action extravaganza. Yeah, much like earlier when Kamen Rider 1 was like, you know, not showing a lot of respect to Toda, kind of comes up again. They're like, you know, you don't know the path of the riders, you know, get the fuck out of here. Like, basically, it, it reminds me a lot of, like, the adults saying to kids, get out of the pool, you're playing too rough, we don't like how you do this, we're going to handle it. So Shu, remember, he has the power of reversing things, he pulls up the ground, and him and Mai and Koda drop to the underground of Zawame. Basically, just to get away, Koda gets kind of banged up. It's just a moment to, like, to let everything calm down for a minute. You know, it's like, you know, calm your tits, everybody. We're going to get out of this fight scene. Koda and Mai take Shu to Droopers, which is what I, I, I recently found out is the name of Bandos. 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 I told you guys, the names are going to kill me on this show because there's so many fucking people in this, this movie. Remember when I was talking about uh, Decade, Tsukasa? He's there, right there, chilling out. And Narutaki, remember? Now, I know you don't remember Luke. You've seen the movie, you do. You did see the movie. You saw the Tokyo movie. 
Now, Rataki appears again, and, of course, doing what he normally does, he's like, you know, like, you're ruining everything! You decade! <laughs> just, just hates decades so much. But he is, he is there to actually say that, like, you know, for once, giving good information, he's like, hey, the 15 Heisei writers have to join forces to stop the Banana Empire. And, you know, he's also saying, he also gives the very like obvious hint at this point that the show writers won't help them. It's like, really? Thanks. You know? <laughs> we, we didn't just get, like, you know, talked down to, like, four-year-olds, like, the last three times we met them. Shikasa, though, he, he's, like, actually really wanting to help. And, you know, they, he, they make a game plan, and they basically have to go find the other Heisei writers. And Tsukasa goes with Kaido Kumon, and Koda stays behind to take care of Shu for a little bit. The first guy to come in contact with is another one of Luke's favorites, or at least someone he's familiar with, Shotaru, who is one half of Kamen Rider Double. And Double, it's yeah. kind of funny because, yeah, it's kind of funny because he doesn't want to help because he's looking for a lost pet. <laughs> That's he's just one lost pet. But three lost pets. Yeah, he lost says pets. you gotta you gotta help yeah. me do all my detective agency stuff first before we go out and collect all the other Heisei riders. I, I I thought it was funny as fuck. Like the first time I saw it, when because because decade basically says how well I'll help you find all these guys, but you know all these Heisei guys are pretty cheeky. And then I think Bando says to him, "You seem to be the cheekiest one of all, though." And he's got like this <laughs> deadpan look on his face, and it made me laugh my ass off first time I saw it, because I thought it was funny as hell. But yeah, he, he helped them find Chitaro, so so they can all hopefully go out and get all the other Heisei guys. I, w- I will say, like, a lot of people, I said this before, I said I think on the, on the last one, is like, a lot of fans, American fans, seem to not like Decade. I thought Decade was a fine series. It Was it the best? No, but I, I enjoyed it. I don't know why people hate Decade so much. I think people don't like Decade because of the AR aspect. I think if he had actually just been going around hanging out with the actual Heisei Riders, people would have been fawning all over it. But it wasn't the real Heisei Riders, you know? It didn't count. Yeah. It's like how people yeah. retro- retroactively hate Ryuki because it all gets undone in the last episode. I don't know if yeah, any of yeah. you guys have watched like, yeah, Ryuki like... at all. Yeah, so... But I, I, I just... Uh, I mean, I thought... Uh, Dragon Knight. Yeah, I've watched, I, I've watched some of Dragon Knight, so... I, did I, I know a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dragon Knight was fun. But I, I love how dramatic Shotaro was. He's very, yeah, very yeah. being a private detective. He's business, serious business. A, a, lost dog, a lost cat and a lost turtle. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty funny. But meanwhile, yeah. double hook up with Drive because Drive is a police officer, like an actual police officer. And doubles yeah. this, you know, uh, like hard-boiled wannabe detective. <laughs> yeah, freelance detective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And while this is going on, Decade. And by the way, Derek, it's not, and Luke, it's not Decade. It's Decade, damn it. <laughs> You're going to no. call him Decade? Well, that's his name. It's Decade. And, uh, well, hey, dude, I got shit because his rival is Diane. And I kept, uh, no, D-end. And I kept calling it D-end. And then somebody was like, it's not D-end, it's D-end. And I'm like, okay, okay, fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but decade is spelled, is, 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 is the, uh, the romanization of the English word decade. That's like, I mean, it, it's like a destroyer Destoroya thing. The only reason why his name is Destoroya in the U.S. is so they can copyright it. 
That's a stoyer. I'm not giving you guys actual shit. I just thought it was funny. Somebody jumped on me because Diane's name is spelled Diane. It's not spelled D-N. It's D-I-E-N. Now I'm just going to call him Dekedo. <laughs> Dekedo. That's my Dekeshi cosplay there, so. I was just I was just making my own cheeky comment about fans getting pissed off about translation. Anyway, Tsukasa. I'll just call him Tsukasa. That's easier. It's all good. Tsukasa. Tsukasa Mikasa. Yes, me. He gets in touch with Takumi, who is, if you guys don't know, that's Kamen Rider Fies. And he just straight up says, no, I am not a Kamen Rider anymore. He's not even like Shotaro. He's like, if you help me, we'll see what happens. He's just like, no, you know, I have no fucks to give. The bank is all out of fucks, and I'm overdrawn at the fuck bank. <laughs> he did seem to be, I, I am not familiar with, with Takomi. I'm not familiar with Fies. But, but he definitely seemed to be the dramatic Kamen Rider in this. Like, like he had this big dramatic arc, and he had a lot of, uh, you know, they they played with the idea that he, that he had a lot of sort of weight and guilt on his shoulders. I mean, he he was the one they focused on the most in terms of to dramas, you know, in, in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, I, I hate to say this because the way this movie plays out is going to kill the spoiler for Fies. So sorry, fans, but Fies is a very dark series at a point. Yeah. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the movie does spoil that near the end. So, sorry, kids, you're going to get the spoiler. Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. But anyway, Kamen Rider 15 shows up again because that's what he do. And of course, Tsukasa transforms into Decade. And, you know, he, he fights him long enough for Takumi to escape and not get hurt. Later on, there's a ramen shop that we're going to go to because, you know, hey, everybody likes ramen. Uh, because Takumi, Japan, uh, yeah. basically, right? It's Japan. <laughs> no. yeah, exactly. we, we are in Japan. Takumi gets involved where this runaway criminal just barges in and he's taking hostage of Mari, a high school girl. And oh, I'm going to mess up this name so hard. No, 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 uh, no problem. It's, it, yeah. You got it. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nailed it. He shows up and he like starts taking care of him. You know, it's like, what? Why are you helping a criminal and stuff? And he, he's, he's really cool because he's like just throwing wisdom out like hell. You know, it's like, you know. Why are you doing this? There's people who care about you. You're really hurt. You know, like all this like stuff that's like, damn, son, you know what you're talking about. I, I liked how basically like this guy comes in and takes his a person that he's responsible for, this young girl hostage. But he's like, you know, I'm a doctor. Let me let me because he sees the guy's wounded and he's bleeding to death. And he's like, look, if we don't get that cleaned up, like that's that's not going to turn out too well for you. So how about this? I'll promise you that no harm's going to come to you. I'm not going to try to hurt you while I fix your wound, and and I'm not going to let anybody else hurt you. Why don't you let me work on that, and then we'll we'll figure things out. And and the guy's finally like, yeah, okay, okay, go ahead. Like, but but if you do anything, I'm going to shoot this girl. And he's like so calm about the whole situation. And then even when they send in the SWAT team after this guy, he fucking takes out the entire SWAT team. 
And then he sits back down, calm as as a motherfucker, and is just like, look, sorry, let me keep my promise to this guy. I said mm-hmm. nobody was going to hurt him, and, <clears throat> and let me just finish working on his wounds. I apologize for throwing the, the you know, mop or rake or whatever the fuck he did to all these guys to make them take their SWAT team pratfalls, but he's like, let me let me just help this guy out. And, like, yeah. it's kind of funny. Like, I, 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 I don't mean to be insensitive about the whole thing. It's a good moment the way he diffuses the situation. But, like, part of me is thinking in the back of my head, as soon as, like, it, it pans away from – the, the cops taking this wounded guy away. I just have this picture in my head of them beating the shit out of him after the fucking camera goes <laughs> off. <laughs> like, what the well, fuck? But, but I, what I thought was, was good about that is that Keisuke, not only, like you say, he, he, he stops the SWAT team from getting to the guy, but he seems to do it almost with, like, Aikido. He does it in a very he, – he stops somebody. He doesn't seem to hurt anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's there's a there's a, yeah, yeah, a, a yeah. there's a Hisaiera Ultraman, there's Ultraman Gaia, who's known as the the pacifist warrior, because he 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 doesn't want to fight, so he fights in kind of a defensive style to stop the monsters or disable them, but not kill them. And so that that's yeah, kind like of tai what Kei Suke does here. That, yeah. yeah, it's it's a very it's 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 like Tai Chi or Aikido, very similar to that where it's. He, he stops him, he puts him down, and says, you're not going to get past me, but he doesn't hurt him. He doesn't start just wailing on dudes' faces or anything like that. Yeah, this was a show, a writer that I was not familiar with at all, but made a, a wonderful first impression on me where I was like, oh, yeah, like, he's very cool. Like, just like Tony said, this guy's really fucking cool. So you're like, oh, I, I would want to check out more of his adventures. You know, like, he made a, a wonderful impression on me in this in this film. Yeah. By the way, Takumi was there. That's why we went to the ramen bar. And he's he's actually kind of like, this guy's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> he follows him surreptitiously. He doesn't like just go with him. He follows him on his bike to his ramshackle clinic. It's not really a hospital. It's just where he's apparently trying to do the best he can to help people and even helps him attend to uh, a patient he has. They actually kind of form a bond, it seems. And Takumi, spoilers, here it comes. He tells him one of the reasons why he is such a sourpuss and just not wanting to fight and why he's, you know, retired is his friend Masato Kusaka died. And if you've seen Fize, god damn, that was a horrible moment. <laughs> but, yeah, that that really tore him up. Uh, Fize is a very depressing show. I'm sorry, guys. And also, you know what? I'm really glad this movie came out because it gives Fize a kind of a happier ending at a point. So that's really cool. You're talking about Wizard, how Wizard left you kind of hanging. Fies left you really hanging. But anyway, Jen says, you know, hey, you know what? You can stay here and, you know, maybe find some peace here for a while. You know, you can you can, you can chill at my my clinic. Maria is still there, though. And Takumi and Maria are attacked by the Badan Empire. Finally, Takuma's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And he turns into Kamen Rider Fies. But, you know... Plot twist. <laughs> Jen reveals that he is Kamen Rider X. Yep. Derek kind of spoiled a little bit, but it's fine. You knew he was probably a rider. He was too badass. You you knew that there was um, there was a badass old guy. It had to be one of the show of riders. <laughs> you know, yeah, is that just yeah. random well, badass old guy in this movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So X he attacks five, and, and the, the funny thing is though is. I'm sorry, Luke, a lot of the show writers kind of come off as, as dicks at some points in this movie. And I know that's like not their fault, it's just how it's written. But I like how what he says. He's like, you must find your resolve by yourself. 
Yeah. He's not talking down to him. He's like, you know, he's just basically like, it's kind of like Wizard with Coda. He's like, you're being a pussy. I don't want you to be a pussy. Quit being a pussy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, it's, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, and I think the, the conversation with, with X and Fives really kind of hammers it home, like you're saying, Tony. I think what the what they're trying for here is that the and and, and this this we'll get more into this later with the, the actual the spoil is that the the Showa riders it's it's like a tough love sort of thing with the Heisai riders you know it we, we've talked about this before I think in in and I know I've talked about this on our construction directive the 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 the, the culture in Japan and the the idea of not not making waves and not causing trouble and everyone getting along and everyone, you know, following the rules, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not appropriate to do certain things. It's just not, and you don't break, you don't break those cultural norms. You know, the, the, the phrase that I always refer to is that, you know, here in the West, we would say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. In Japan, the saying is the nail that stands up is hammered down. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a tough love thing, and the way that X approaches it with Fies is the you know that like uh, Kamen Rider One just he don't give a shit he's not going to explain himself it's like whatever I'm Takeshi Hongo you know you do what I say whereas Keisuke actually he kind of puts Fies on the path of understanding a little bit <laughs> plus it's great just and, X in, in action again with his with his uh, his rider whip you know yeah which yeah. is like well, just and, and, it's and the most that, badass. Riding crop ever. Well, well, not only that, but I, I think like he actually tried to understand Takumi, whereas a lot of these other show writers so far, it is it's, it'll probably change as we go along. But he's actually trying to get to know him as like understand why he is, you know, in his mind as fucked up as he is. He's like, you know, what is wrong with you, kid? But a lot of the other show writers are just like, you know, impudent whelp, you must do this. If you don't, you're not following the path. So I, I, I think that it was a much more it, it like you said, it's a much more caring, tough love moment. He's like, I kind of yeah. like you, kid. Quit fucking up, you know. I mean, even though really, mm. Gaim is the, uh, the, uh, the 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 you know the the star uh, air quotes up to the mic star common common writer in this movie. Really, a lot of the story focuses on Fives and X. You know, the story that I what I was yeah. most interested in in watching this revolved around Fives and X and that that character story that they have. And so, you know, later when they could, they fight again, it's like, of course they have to fight again, because that their conflict of, of character is one of the driving arcs of this of this film. So, I, I really dug this bit, this whole bit with X and all that. So it was this was one of my favorite favorite parts is X and Fies. And, and and not to sound too film criticy snobby, you know, like Hollywood reviewer. Also, like the actor playing Fies and the actor playing Comrade X, and obviously it's the original writer actor. They had really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I, I had both totally. that they, they, they had that relationship, you know? Common Rider X was like, hoo-ah! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all miss it. Y'all miss my blind driving. Hoo-ah! <laughs> hoo-ah! <laughs> that, that is a really cool moment. We will see more of Fies. Don't worry, he's not gone. Neither is Common Rider X, obviously. We have Sukasa, and he finally convinces Shotaru after doing all this stuff. To uh, listen to him about the whole Heisei versus a Showa thing, and he asked him about Shu, and here's where we get kind of like some sad stuff, because <laughs> Shu is starting to remember things, and he takes Koda to his house, and oh, the feels, man. I know he's a he's yeah. a dumb kid and he's fucking Haley Joe Osment, 
But Shu's dead. He's been dead yeah, for a I'm while. Like, I'm like, I'm like Shu, Shu doesn't um, see dead people. He is dead people. He is dead people, yeah. Exactly. One of the saddest things is, is before he died, he had a big fight with his mom. And, you know, he told us some pretty horrible things that showed the flashback. And all he wants to do is see her one more time and be like, I'm sorry, Mom. And really, if anyone of us has a loved one and we said anything harsh to them and they died, or even a friend and the last time you saw them you had a bad falling out, my God, that's the only thing you would want. You would want to be like, you know, I'm sorry I was a dick. Even if I wasn't a dick and you were wrong, I want to say you're wrong because you're dead. I miss you, you know? It's like, <laughs> that's just, I mean, no, it's, you know, it's just true, you know? It's just, you don't want things to end on a bad note. I, I, and, I don't, I, I sort of don't want to spoil the, the end until we get to it, but like, basically, to, to set up the end, he does send her a photo where he wrote on a sheet of paper, I guess it translates, the kanji translates into, I hate you. So he sent that to his mom because I guess she's, you know, she's one of these working workaholic parents and, you know, she comes home and, and it's like, we were supposed to go to the lighthouse. And, and she's like, I'm sorry, I can't take you to the lighthouse this weekend. Maybe we can go next weekend. And he's basically like, I hate you. And then he runs upstairs and is a little brat or whatever. And so I guess as she's going to the airport or whatever on this business trip, then she gets, you know, the, the text or whatever it is from, from the kid. And it's like this little, uh, you know, picture of him with a sign that says like, I hate you. And, and we all have seen the film. So we know what it, I guess, actually says or, what it can say, or I, I, I guess that's something yeah. that's just lost on me, but, but I was like, did he always intend for it to say the other thing or did he intend? I don't know. It just seems like one of those <laughs> things where it's like, I didn't mean it. It was like totally going to be something different. And then I died before I could like, you know, change it. And then that's why he's tormented. And I'm just kind of like, that seems like a shitty thing to do, even if it's a joke, you know, like, I don't know. Well, I, I think, I think in the moment he meant it. He, he helped okay. me center the okay. sign. Okay. Picture okay. Yeah. 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 He's, he's he's angry and he's hurt and he's a kid and then you say stupid shit like that kids, when you're yeah. angry and hurt. Okay. As a kid. Kids could be really mean. Kids yeah. can be really fucking mean. They can. Yeah, I, you know, definitely. I'm not gonna go my personal life, but uh, yeah, I've, I've had to deal no, with no, kids no, before. I mean, you're you're in a safe place. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Let me breathe. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. It's good to have your your thoughts on that, because I, I, I don't think that was 100% clear for me until you, you guys sort of spelled it out, but but that, that does make sense, that he intended that at the time, yeah. and, and now he regrets that, like, basically, is, is kind of yeah, the well, best well, way like, like, like kids are, Yeah, kids are not, like, you know, inherently mean or evil, it's just they're very emotional, and their emotional whims are not kept in check by age and experience, they're not like, I should bite my tongue, they're just going to be like, I hate you! And right, they don't right. have there's that not a, to be like, there's not a whole yeah. lot of decorum. It's just they they speak what's on their mind in the moment, and then you know obviously he, he regretted having done that because it he thought it was what he meant, but it, you know in the grander yeah, scheme exactly. of things, that's not how he would have wanted to leave things. Yeah, obviously with his with his mom, you know, passed away. He was like, you know, or not his mom passed away. When he passed away, he was like. Holy shit, I did a horrible thing. Yeah, exactly. Fifteen shows up again, and he's like, you know, I'll take Shu with me. And they're like, you know, why? And it's like, well, duh, if you haven't figured this out yet, and I'm pretty sure most of the people who watched the movie figured this out at some point, he is actually Ren Ioi, and he is Shu's father. I am the 
into city-smashing reality. They show up to fight, and but you see, even though Decay is here to help, General Jark stands. I can't remember his name from Master Rider, but it's that guy. Uh, Count, that was Count, uh, Count, Drago. Count Dragon. Dragon. Count yeah. Dragon yeah. from uh, Master Rider. I like marked it. out like, like you would not believe when General Jark showed up for this. Yeah, I was like, I, was like all, I, I know yeah. that guy. I, the only thing that would have made it better is if the rest of the crew from Black RX showed up with them. There's, you know, yeah. Cyclops well, you know, That kind of happens. Face. Well, yes, it does to a degree, but I'm saying not the rest of the his bridge crew, you know. I have I own one yeah. of the like, classic Common Rider toy, and it was the Mass Rider release of Cyclopter, which is the exact same release of the Common Rider Black RX release. If I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, he's the, the one who was a robot with the one red eye, was a blue, like, motorcycle jacket. And he has comes with a pistol. So I have him fighting my uh, upstairs. He's fighting my SH figure arts of Kamen Rider 1. So I'm, I really like the, the Black RX bad guys. So I was like, yes, when Jark showed up here. Keep your antenna up. Masked Rider is coming to town. Toy stores across America are rushing in the latest Masked Rider toys. Look for the action figures, and don't forget the amazing Talking Combat Chopper, coming soon to a toy store near you. We'll get that Masked Rider, or we're not the mutant marauder. Masked Rider, but she got good. Bandai. Action. Satisfaction. Let's all take a moment to remember back in the days when Bandai of America just released the Japanese versions of Sentai and Kamen Rider. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Doesn't happen anymore. Those nope. are exclusive now. And here comes the moment where I mark out as far as show writers. Because who shows up to fight? Kamen Rider's Black and Black RX at the same yep. fucking time. How does that work? How the hell does that work? They're the same guy. I don't, I don't know and I don't care. I don't know, and I don't care. That's just fucking cool. <laughs> I like how they make absolutely no attempt to explain it either. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's black and black are It's like, oh, okay, wait, what? No. <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that time oh, the amazing I, Bagman and Spider-Man had a team-up. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, they totally, they totally explain it. One is dressed in white, and one is dressed in black. There you go. No, no, they're That's not. All you need to know. Dressed in black, and one is dressed in green. And one can't turn his head at the neck. Yeah. That's the difference between black and black RX. Everybody knows that. I love that they did that on the figure arts. The black oh, RX arts can't turn his head at the neck because the costume can't turn at the neck. So <laughs> I was talking about like they're like civilian clothes. Still, yeah, I have to agree though. When black and black RX show up, I mean, the first Common Rider I ever watched was black RX. I watched it in raw Japanese when I was in college, and we liked it. We loved it. So the two of them show up when Jark's like, oh, I'm, it's like, I don't care what you do from now, movie, you've got my, you, you, you get the thumbs up from me because you gave me Black and Black RX together fighting in this movie. So good, good on you, Shoa so, versus Hate. Yeah, exactly. So, 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 so before, before we go all apeshit with praise, I just want to go back to where 15 was fighting with Gaim. Remember Gaim? He's like the lead star. I'm doing the air quotes again, like Luke, character. 
So just 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 so you know, this is where my my nerd rage meter started to, to start fluctuate. Like if it was like you know radiation uh, meter, you know, and it started Geiger counter. Geiger, the Geiger you're counter not, started. You're not, the Geiger counter. You're not a full foil, but you're starting to foil. Yeah. And and so so uh, as he's fighting with fifteen, fifteen chides him and goes, "You've never felt despair before. What do you know?" And I'm kind of like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like. Hell yes, he's felt despair. Like he killed his fucking his parents. Best friend. Come on, <laughs> like, this is crazy, man. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? And then the other thing I wanted to mention because the the one thing about Gaim that I don't like is his fruity ass pink grapefruit bike. And I went and now I'm 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 scratching my chin again on on air, going hmm. But you notice it totally fits when he throws it to decade and decade zooms off with it. So I'm all. <laughs> Hmm. Why? Why does this work so well? Because they're both it, like pink or whatever. So I was is, like, is it a is is the bike supposed to be a, a grapefruit or a strawberry? I missed that. I, 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 my my I thought it, the bike is supposed to be like some kind of um, uh, like Gimes is a uh, Gimes is a cherry blossom bike. Oh, cherry blossom. Okay. okay, that makes sense. See, yeah, I wasn't because, sure exactly what it was, but it never fits with like uh, to me. It doesn't fit with the oranges. So. Yeah, because he pulled out the strawberry lock seed when he went all. Which one has the daggers, Melina or Katana, on them? You know. Yeah, the, the, the uh, Melina. Melina, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, the, the pink bike. It's like a little, little on the nose, but hey, it's okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a fruit. Yeah, it's yeah. a fruity, fruity warlords, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, <laughs> fruity warlords. I have to say the, the other thing that is kind of odd about. The Gaiman 15 fight. We, when we see 15 before he transforms, maybe I'm just bringing my personal bias, but does he, is it weird that he look kind of like a Japanese version of Don Knotts? How you doing, Cole? Hey, Andy, what do we got to do? It's like, what, what, if it's, what if it's all the serious? It's going all like, over my head. It's making me all evil. It's all serious. It's like, Mr. Furley. Henshin. <laughs> so Coda, awesome. what are you doing with this girl in the clubhouse? You're not living together, are you? <laughs> I've got one one for my God. <laughs> it's like Don Knotts making like a prank oh. phone call. I've been staring at you through the window. It's like, is this Don Knotts? <laughs> So, so I know you guys were, were were marking out about Black and RX showing up in the the fight scene and everything, and I know we touched on this. I I just want to like talk about how I don't know. This is weird. This is just from my perspective, like and not knowing when the Showa and Heisei era cut off with Common Riders was until we started discussing this. But like as I was watching it, I I kind of found myself like wondering because i guess I, I think it's due to seeing you know saban's mast rider and thinking of it as like a newfangled thing that came out in the 90s you know and, and like like from that perspective i i was kind of like shocked where i was like oh wait black and black rx are showa riders and like i don't know i i for some yeah. reason like i think because of my experience with godzilla and ultraman you know ending in like the late 70s and and early 80s I was like, just wow, like the, and, and, and I guess they, they talk about this in the wiki talking about how like certain characters are still attributed with 
Showa era because they were created under Shotaro Ishinomori's supervision. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting, because it's like basically <laughs> if he has any ties, it, I guess it'd be kind of like saying like, oh, well, these Marvel characters were all created by Stan Lee, so thus they're Showa. And you're like, well, wait a minute, Stan Lee created Ravage 2099, and he sucks. <laughs> he can't be Showa. And it's like, yes, yes, he's Showa Marvel. Ravage 2099 is Showa Marvel. And you're like, yeah. oh, man. Like, he's not Showa, you know? Like, so, well, anyway, that's just... Well, well, well like, like Luke said, though, the, the, the funny thing is, though, is, like, Black and Black RX, Black was actually a darker series than Black RX. Black RX was kind of more lighthearted, and Black was actually not as lighthearted, so it's kind of yeah, funny how that I mean, happened. I mean, if you, you could take Black, if you ignore the fact that, obviously, it's not shot in high def, and it doesn't have, Black doesn't have a lot of alternate forms and stuff, and there's no secondary rider... You could pass it off as a Heisei series just from the content. Mm. I mean, it is, it is, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, it's the very end, dark. The end, yeah, the end game of Black is brutal stuff. And then you go to Black RX and it's like, oh, alien invaders are going to come take over the earth. Let's have a talking bike and car. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. Sounds, it sounds like the it's difference so between when they, they, I know, I know you guys probably aren't as super familiar with this as I am, but it, it sounds like the difference between Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, which was very much like the Empire Strikes Back, the super heavy, you know, drama that it was with with lots of death and and, and craziness and stuff, and then going to Double Zeta Gundam, which had a whole new cast of what I like to call wacky ass Ewok shit, where <laughs> like people are being like, you know, they're tripping mobile suits with like wiring and you know just you know people are people are fighting over over you know things where. You know, the, the, one of the guys is all into the, the, basically the queen of the Xeon, and it's like he's all about, like, getting her the best flower, and he's wearing this flower while he fights in mobile suits. So you're just like, what is this wacky ass shit? So I imagine, even though yeah. I haven't seen Black and Black RX, I imagine it must be like that, where it's like day and night in terms Let me, of. Yeah, um, that's, I mean, all I can say is that Black RX was the right show for Saban to adapt into Mast Rider and leave it at that. Okay, I, I, was, so, I was just as, about to say that. Yeah, like that's why they chose that. Yeah, exactly. As as goofy ass as Mast Rider is, some of that fits. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Our, 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 that was me and Luke both love. That, <laughs> that was uh, Cyclopter's name in Japan was Gate Zone. I don't know why I just thought of that. All right, <laughs> <Nice>. sorry. <laughs> the, the spider love of uh, black and black corrects. I, I like both shows. I just like black a little bit better. But he actually doesn't get to fight with Sukasa because Shotaro shows up, and that's Common Rider W, by the way, in case you forgot. There's so many writers. So many writers are going to have a nervous breakdown before the end of this fucking movie. He turns into Joker. Joker. Right? Yep. Yeah, one of the great things about Kamen Rider Double, of course, is all his multiple forms that can be mashed up and, you know, paired together. But here he goes straight up, all black, as Joker, yeah. which which is great because yeah. he's fighting black and black RX, and then he comes in wearing all black. Yeah, I think he even says he yeah, even he, says something about that where he's like, I guess yeah. this is fitting that I'm I'm fighting you guys, and, and I'm just going to go all black. Yeah, he's like, fuck my fruit stripes gum, I'm just going to go all black. <laughs> Sukasa is allowed to get away with the boy. And Kamen Rider Baron actually shows up to help out with Joker against the show riders. When he's oh. not busy falling into ponds trying to catch turtles. Yeah. He's he's an action. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They go to this lighthouse, which is actually, uh, like, 
I don't know about you guys. I don't. I don't know why. It's it's not like a huge part of the movie as far as like scenery. But, like, The Lighthouse is a really, like, again, cinematography, like, the budget was really big on this, and The Lighthouse is very striking. I don't know just how it's mm-hmm. done. Anyway, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you just, like, when you see it, you're like, oh, man, that's, like, a great locale. Yeah, like, Mercy Reef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, before she was allowed to meet his mom, 15 shows up again, because he's a dick, and yes. pretty much puts a smackdown on Decade and God. I'm with his powerful Heisei writer Lockheed. Okay, this is, this is this is this is nerd rage right here because mm-hmm. my favorite form, the Kachidoki arms, to this point that I've seen, and I marked out about Kachidoki arms when it first showed up. And he turns into it, and he does his and does his gun thing, and he blows away all these little henchmen and minions. And I'm like, oh yeah, like he's ready to like. You know, fuck 15 shit up now! And then he just, like, slaps him out of the mode, and I'm like, what? What? This is fucking bullshit! Like, why is he slapping him out of that mode? This is crap! Like, I was all looking forward to it, and then he just got, he just got slapped out of it, so I was, that, that's, that's the moment where I was like, come on, man, this is, this is dumb, like, this isn't cool, this isn't cool. What happened to you, China? You used to be cool, you're not cool. China's still cool! You know? Like, oh, you know, man. you know what's worse. You know what's worse, Derek. Even though I know that Gaim is often touted as one of the more powerful armored riders in the Haystay era, you can ask Luke. Decade is not someone you want to sneeze at. He's really fucking oh. powerful. And, yeah, and fifteen has like five more powers than than Decade. So. Yeah, and doesn't doesn't yeah. doesn't doesn't Decade turn? Sorry, I'm an asshole. Doesn't Decade turn into? Um, um, I've turned you all to my side of the force. I'm, I'm happy. You could be an asshole. Everybody's calling him Decade now. What's the other uh, Habiki? Doesn't he like turn into Habiki while he's fighting Fifteen in that scene? Well, yeah, well, Decade has like pretty much the same powers as Fifteen, the, except, okay. except they don't he, go into it now. They'll go into it later. Decay can turn into almost every rider. Right, right. He's like he's like a Gokaiger. Like he can just turn into yeah. anyone he wants, right? Up, so so I, there, yeah. I so I, I I mean I can appreciate what you're saying. Like you you're saying like he's no slouch either. Like whether people are fans of the series or not, they would have to acknowledge like he must have a great deal of power if he can draw on all those Heisei riders too. And he also gets slapped down so so it, it, you know it's twofold where you're like come on like why you know i guess i guess it's supposed to set up like oh our heroes are in peril and you know they can't handle this on their own you know or something but I'm yeah well like, it's, it's oh, like yeah. it's like in the justice league story where the big bad shows up and just you know takes out the martian manhunter in two panels it's like this right. guy's so strong he took out the martian manhunter you know well you know it's 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 my favorite thing to bitch and moan about this is this is the moment in justice League I, I, where, I, I, where, I, I, where, where, where super I, superman's I, like hey dude what's up i'm superman i'm the coolest guy ever i'm the most powerful and then he fucking falls over and it's like come on like this is I, I, this is this is that moment for both those characters where they get like manhole covered with the electrified <laughs> manhole cover, and you're like, "Come on, this is bullshit! Like this doesn't this doesn't fuck them up." But whatever. I, I was about to say, Duke, you actually see your brother Derek on that because you didn't even know it, but that is one of his biggest tropes. He hates is the new guy coming in, having to defeat an old powerful guy just to make the new guy look better. Yeah, he yeah. Hates that shit. I mean, isn't that like the back oh. two thirds of Dragon Ball Z, basically? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> except for except for when except for when all the the fans of of Dragon Ball in Japan write in to the author to have them 
reinstate Goku as like the the actual person who's gonna win in the arc or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> so write write those letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, find those podcasts, uh, podcasts at uh, gmail dot com. Just let you know, guys, we 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 keep going back and forth in time frames. And we we love to do that on this this movie. It's it, like I said, it gets very confusing at some points, unless you watch it. Talking about it is hard. Watching it is not as hard. So we go to the present day, and the uh, Showa and Heisei writers are fighting each other. General Schwartz, my Schwartz is as big as mine. Um, <laughs> he shows up. He's a he's actually a Tokyo bad guy. And he yep. shows up with the shadow line, and, and yeah, he wants to join up with the uh, Badan Empire. He's gonna. He wants to use the Mega Reverse too. He wants to convert light into darkness to expand the Shadow Line domain, and sends his Q liners to attack Dano. Which, if you don't know Dano, one of the main things about that is he uses a train to travel through time. So there yeah. you have that. This was really neat because, right? Obviously, as you were talking about the the Gaim Tokuga special that aired, that was like in between episodes uh, or stations six and seven. They were called stations over on Tokuga. So it was very early on in the series. And Schwartz goes through a very interesting arc on that series. And since we're not talking about Super Sentai here, I have no problem spoiling it if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine. I tried to watch up to Station 6, but like yeah. like I told the guys in, in the previous show, I got hungry and only made it to Station 4. So my stomach, my stomach took precedence. But but yeah, go ahead. Tell us what's up with so, with Schwartz. So Schwartz, as as his, as his title implies, he's the general. He's in charge of the 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 forces of the Shadow Line. The Shadow Line being the bad guys in Tokuga. They fight against the Rainbow Line, who the Tokugas work for. And now Schwartz, he's initially very loyal to the cause, but we see he has his own agenda, and his agenda is very personal because he and the betrothed, the promised one to the emperor of the dark line, they have kind of this forbidden love and that their story kind of runs this whole thing. And Schwartz ends up turning on the shadow line and fighting against them. And he, he goes down in a heap when he finally dies. But so he is him coming here and saying that he wants to work with them because, you know, the spreading of more darkness across the, uh, the, the earth will serve the purpose of the shadow line is funny because later he wouldn't give two, two craps about what they, what's good for the shadow line as the series progressed. He would be more interested in in taking care of uh, of his girl and himself than anything else. So I thought that was funny. And the other thing about Tokuga is all the bad guys have kind of this like, court intrigue, like you know, palace at Versailles type storyline, while the Tokugas are all like goofy imagination, you know. So they've got this very serious, yeah. you know, sure style storytelling of it's like uh, you know, like a like a, an intrigue novel for the bad guys, and then the good guys are all just like kids. If it helps. The uh, Tokuger Gaim episode we've already recorded with our good friend John, and uh, I actually made a mention of like Coda is able to see the uh, Rainbow Line because he has the power of Muppet Babies. He makes his dream <laughs> come true. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was gonna say that you were saying the the girl. That's that like ch- kind of chubby like like I'm, char- I'm blank char- yeah. charcoaly little girl that like she's always like kind of giggling from like the shadows yeah. but like she, like seeing him and she's like oh general like you are yeah, you she, are such leaves, such the hunk or whatever he gives her his handkerchief and she treasures it as his right, first, right, as a possession right, right. I'm, I'm blanking on yeah, her name yeah. and i and i should but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah she's she's a part like her her and schwartz have this big story that goes on and her story takes a lot of twists and turns too involving the emperor and, you know, she's forced to marry him. And her mom is Madame Noir. Madame Noir, she's arranged this marriage. And we think it's because 
it's an arranged marriage because Madame Noir wants to be the, the mother of the queen, right? So it turns out they do the whole wedding, yeah. and then her daughter eats the emperor, and she becomes the empress. And nobody fucking saw that coming. But then that doesn't work out so good. The emperor bursts out of her and kills her, but he doesn't really kill her, and it, it all it all just keeps going on. It's it's Tokyuga is actually a lot of fun. I really like Tokyuga quite a bit. I know it got a lot of hate online for whatever reason. I guess because it wasn't at this point. It's like, well, you know, if it's not uh, Go Kaija, it sucked. It's like, okay, but uh, I I really enjoyed it so. Don't, don't let my terrible retelling of it turn you off to the series. No, no, I, I think you make it sound pretty enticing and interesting. I mean, I, I've only seen a couple episodes, but the, the way you describe it reminds me of how I felt when I watched the third episode, because I, I think initially there was lots of kind of like lighthearted fun to it, but then the tone shifted in that third episode where the one guy was carrying around the coffin with the chains, and I was like, wow, I felt like I went from, you know, I, I kind of described the Tokugers is like the Archie gang from Riverdale. And I felt like I was watching kind of like a fun Riverdale thing. And then all of a sudden it was like, I was in Friday the 13th with this guy in a, a, you know, carrying around a coffin with chains and, and you make those, you know, the villains sound very much like that, where the tone is, is kind of like, you know, people are bursting out of people's stomachs and death and, and, and kind of this, you know, forbidden love and all this kind of stuff. It, It sounds, it sounds very enticing. And, and there is the, the, the character arc. I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to spoil this, but the character arc that Wright goes on through Tokyuga is goes into some really dark places, which you wouldn't think from watching the beginning. Like if, if you've if you've watched, like say you're, you're listening to this show and you've been watching Gaim, and so you watch the Gaim versus Tokyuga special. The way that Wright behaves, that's uh, Toku uh, number one. That's the red Toku Ranger. If if you if the way that he acts, you wouldn't think he's a character that would go into a dark place, but he does, and it becomes very it it you know I like to say it rider kicks you in all the feels when you get to that <laughs> get to that point at the end of the series. I'm not going to spoil that because it was I really dug it, so I'm going to let you know I'm not going to spoil it here. But but yeah, I I was very amused to see Schwartz. I didn't realize he showed up in this movie, and then the dark liners go crashing into the den liner. I'm like, oh, fuck yes, dark liners, dude. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's the, some of the Sentai cameos we have in this. Meanwhile, though, Koda and Tsukasa and Awa, Takumi, yeah, Fies is back, bitches. He got yep. his, like, fucking, I don't know, got his groove back. They, they joined forces, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When Takumi comes back, it is pretty cool. Because he, he does have that kind of resolve. He found his resolve. He's like, I will fight. You know, I, I, I should, you know. And they confront the Showa writers about why they're, like, you know, going against them. They're like, we're all common writers. What the fuck is going on? Okay, why, I don't know if why, this is Derek's like, nerd rage moment. Uh, 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 hold on, Derek. I'll let you nerd rage. Let me just, like, get this out. I think this is probably Derek's nerd rage moment. Common <laughs> writer one says, that it's all the Heisei writers' fault, and it was their attachment to the deceased important ones, their uh, loved ones, family, friends, girlfriends, dogs, goldfishes, their favorite pencil they got broken first grade, whatever. Not not Marty. And my that empowered the <laughs> And that that empowered the Badan Empire and allowed them the advance uh, advent of the Common uh, Rider Fifteen. And that's what made him so powerful. Is this what you're narrating on, Derek, or well, am I wrong? There, there's, there's already the, all the Coda stuff, but, like, I'm like, this is this is highly debatable. Like, I already mentioned 
Like, I've seen the first episode of D3. Like, I've seen early episodes. Like, his whole family gets massacred. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as if the, the Showa writers have not suffered any loss. And it's not like they don't have those, you know, why, Bucky, why moments themselves, you know? So to me, it's like... I'm, I'm like, this is like Batman telling Spider-Man he cries too much over Gwen Stacy. And I'm like, fuck you, Batman! You gotta fucking cry Mally every other fucking year and drop flowers and do all this bullshit. So I'm like, yeah. like this is... I don't know, like, like I, I don't... I, I It's not... I don't know if this part is nerd rage, but I literally don't understand what the what the fight was. I mean, it, it's it's very contrived to me. The, yeah, the, it's the reasoning contrived. behind why there is a divide here. It's just... Yeah. I and, show and, up, you know, that. It, it is... It is, it is and, my and, favorite and, uh, word in the English language. Plot contrivance is all this really is. Yeah. And the only way that I can no-prize it is that... I'm sorry to cut you off, Tom, but the only way I can no-prize this no, is that Kamen Rider 1 and the other Showa Riders, because they have shouldered their their burdens and their guilt for so long that now they they've kind of you 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 know you you either you either let the you either own the you either own that guilt or you or you, it owns you and so maybe they've gotten to the point now because they've been fighting for so long that they've put that guilt and they own it and they control it and it doesn't have power over them whereas yeah. the Hayside guys because they're younger they still shoulder a lot of that burden I mean we've saw Takumi's you know, how he, the feelings that he has still years after the fact because he hasn't been able to, 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 to own that, that remorse yet. You know, it's uh, one of the, 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 the we, we talked about this, the story here is kind of light and kind of contrived, but I thought from a thematic standpoint, it did a good job of addressing the fact that, you know, once the battles are all done, you still have those scars. You know, Fize hasn't, we haven't seen Fize in any real capacity since his show, but he still bears those scars that happened from the battles that he had to face. You know, and, and whether you let those those uh, those battle scars define you, or whether you can overcome them. I mean, that that that's some that's some heavy shit for a movie about let's sell as many common rider toys as we can. You know. Yeah. But I yeah. agree. I mean, it, it is it is kind of contrived and it's not really explained well. That I have to no prize it with ten minutes of explanation kind of speaks to that. I think you know. Yeah, I think the the in the terms of even when you're going into it from that heavy psychological perspective, it, it sort of comes down to the idea of if you if you have scars from battle, there there are people out there who use that as an excuse to go out and do bad things or you know to to say oh I was psychologically afflicted and thus this is why these bad things are going to continue to happen from me and to other people and stuff. And then there are those people kind of like your no prize where it's like, I know I have scars, but I'm not going to pass that on to my children or I'm not going to pass it on to the environment that I live in. So in, in that respect, I mean, as much as the Showa writers might be perceived as dicks in this movie, I can respect that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can respect mm -hmm. that. That yes, I have a burden, but my burden's not going to fuel the Badon Empire and cause the underworld <laughs> to fucking take over the fucking earth, you know? Like so, I'm like, oh well, that that to me is is admirable. It's like yes, you you have had scars, you know. It's it, it's not going to change the world in a negative way because you have those scars. You're not going to let it seep out and and affect everyone else around you. So yeah, that in that respect, I 
I appreciate that aspect of the the show writer's philosophy. Mm-hmm. I, and I do like also they again reference back to Sengoku War where they say, you know, wizard, your your feelings for mm-hmm. uh, your friend is what brought her back as an evil wizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> like a, that's yeah, a dude, direct dude. reference to the last movies. I, I, I'm going to go really quick on my little rant. Uh, I didn't have nerd range about this at all, actually. A lot of the show uh, like nitpicks I've been throwing out during the uh, show have not been actually in earnest. I'm not actually meaning them. I take a more meta look at this. What I see is is they're making this show, well, they're making this movie, and they want people to, to buy into the, the Heisei writers, which is the younger crowd, which is what they're selling to. So they want the Heisei writers to be more sentimental. They want to be like, oh, I understand what these guys are going through. I'm a teenager. These guys like girls and stuff, and they're going through conflict. That's what I go through. But you have the show writers, and you have older fans in Japan who still love Kamen Rider, and they would probably be like, man, these new Kamen Riders suck. I like my old show writers. They were so cool. Yeah, fucking tell those bitches what to do, you know? Like, yeah. they, you were in charge. So yeah. I, I think it's kind of meta in that way. It's like, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. these are the parents, these are the kids, you know? So I, I, that's what I got from it. And, and you know, just to snowball on what you're saying there, from a meta standpoint, one of the kind of, I don't know if this is still the case, but I know once the like once the Heisei era got started and got underway, Kamen Rider was always kind of noted for having a very large female audience for a tokusatsu show. And that's one of the reasons huh. why usually the, the main actors were good-looking young guys, you know, and there was like two or three good-looking young guys all on these shows, you know, and there's lots yeah, of loving shots yeah. of their faces and stuff. And, and so... Again, if you're going to go back to that, that's kind of the stereotypical demographic thing that you would think, oh, they want the guys with all the feels because the ladies are going to be watching. And, you know, know, they they like the guys that emote and not the guys that are stoic. (laughs) You know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because something I did want to bring up, and I didn't really know how to interject it into this, but this seems like a great segue based on what you just said, the idea that the the Heisei writers were cast as as kind of a lot of good-looking guys and everything like that. And this is not to demean any any actors or any guys who, who portray the Heisei writers, but I, I always kind of thought of Hiroshi uh, Fujioka, that's the guy who plays, you know, Kamen Rider 1, like, who plays Hongo. Like, even yeah. Hongo's name, like, I'm like, man, Hongo. Like, to me, it sounds like fucking, you know, John Wayne, like Hondo or something. You know, like, right. like it's like, dude, he's got a man's name. And like, he's when a man's you, man, yeah. And, and when, you, when you see him, like, he's in a nice, like, in the original series, he's in this nice dapper suit. He's got these, like, gloves. And he, he just, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, he looks manly to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, let me just, you know, call a spade a spade, but Decade, looks worlds apart to me like he does not look like like a man's man you know so it's like i just wanted to illustrate that that it it does seem like there is that kind of divide and stuff so i can see from that perspective if you're like dude i want a man's man's common writer Mm -hmm. you've got all these old fans who like you know the old school showa guys then that would you know that would make sense from that perspective and and i always just kind of thought like you know seeing hongo i always kind of went like yeah he's a you know, like, like it just, he, he seemed so, like, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it other than he just seemed like a man's man. You know, like, it's like, yeah. it's like you know, I can see James, uh, uh, Edward James almost, you know, 
you've done a man's job, Hongo. You know, like, it's just like, I, I mean, it's like, I could see that going on. Whereas, you know, Decade, he'd be like, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm going to run away now, you know? So, anyway, that just yeah. wanted to. Well, I mean, say if, that. If, if he, if he noticed, uh, a lot of the, uh, second writers in the, uh, Hayes era, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm not meaning this to sound derogatory. This is just a fact. They actually have a very, you know, gender neutral look. They look very feminine and they're very pretty. I mean, you know, even Baron, you know, he's got the hair and everything, and and he's got a bit of a, a bit of a, a a little a little Bishonen is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that that's what my my. Yeah, my, I was gonna say yeah, Bishonen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very My buddy. You looked up Bishonen on Google, you're going to get on some weird sites, dude. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're, you're in trouble now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I clicked off really quick. <laughs> no, that's, that's what we, so, yeah, we yeah, actually, like, we, we, we couldn't be bothered to say the whole thing, but we would always, especially like the Gundam Wing boys, we would always be like, oh, it's like those those bishy Gundam Wing boys, you know? So it's like, it's like the same thing, those bishy yep. Heisei riders, you those know? Like bishy Heisei riders. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'll, and yeah, and I do all, like the uh, get uh, yes, they have great hair. That's one thing I did like about Haruto. Haruto had great hair, still does. Does that go back to the whole you know Hartnell versus Matt Smith and Tennant thing? Totally. Yeah, this the, is yeah, totally. The Heisei, so. the Heisei guys have the the cool hair, and then you know Bill Hartnell's like yeah, but he's a he's a stern like wise man's man, you know. If I could start the destruction of everything that's evil here, then everything that is good would survive when Cortez lands. But you can't rewrite history. Not one line. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, getting to, I'm getting to a really cool point in the movie, though, and I'm sure Luke is going to really enjoy it, and I'm going to throw it to him as soon as I get to it. They reveal this, though. Ambassador Darkness, the leader of the Badan forces, who is he? No, he's not Ambassador Darkness. He's Ryu Murasame. And he's infiltrated the organization to destroy it from the inside. And would you tell us who Ryo is, sir? Ryo is Kamen Rider Z-Cross, who was one of the last of the Heisei Riders. And he was the one who fought the Badan Empire back in the 70s. So it's perfectly reasonable for him to have infiltrated this organization just to kick their ass. And yes, his name is spelled Z-X, but it is pronounced Z-Cross. And that's Z-Cross. So I, that was, uh, again, yeah. that, that was funny. They, they kept showing the ambassador, and I didn't think that it might be Z-Cross, so they legitimately swerved me. So that was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and That was we, a good this, moment, yeah. Yeah. At, at, at this point of the film, they said, I'm, I'm just marking up because all these Showa guys start showing up. When we have the, the Heisai versus Showa first showdown here, we got seven on each side. And for the Heisai side, you got Gaim, Wizard, Fies, Decayed, O's, Joker, and Kiva. So you got a good cross section of the Heisai guys. On the Showa side, you've got Kamen Rider 1, <laughs> Kamen Rider 2, Kamen Rider V3, Rider Man. So that's the, that's the first four right there. Then X, then Black, and then Derek's boy, Amazon! <laughs> and what's great is they all henchin and they start to fight. And even though this is Gaim's, ostensibly Gaim's movie, here goes Wizard saying it's show time, <laughs> which I love. That was that that was great. <laughs> and then we yeah, get the real yeah. shabba do we need the henchin? Yeah, real shabba do we touch it? <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a really great moment. And I was going to point this out: is like the show writers have been shown to be kind of dickish in this movie 
But one thing I was going to point out is they've also been shown to be incredibly fucking competent. They're not people to fuck with. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you could say they're assholes, <laughs> but they're not fucking, you know, a bunch of scrubs. They're they're definitely the first generation of writers. So you don't you don't want to fuck with these guys. He betrays the generalissimo of Badan and they yeah, think they destroyed the, the mega reverse machine. Like Unfortunately, dun yeah. dun dun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the the whole thing of like, you know, you think you did it, but no. Sorry. The That's whole right, damn Badon base is the uh, mega reverse machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like sorry, Mario. Um, and it goes up into the damn sky, flies straight the fuck up. And he also tell, but Ryo again and again. This is like showing that the show writers are not the assholes we think they are. He's like, no, the fucking Hayside writers aren't dead. They haven't been turned just into Loxies. They're in the Hell High Forest. Let me do you a favor. Hello, <laughs> all the Hayside writers are back. <laughs> yeah, which is which is a nice which which again you know shows that show writers. I, I think it's what you said, Luke. It's, it's tough love, but they weren't trying to kill them. They weren't like you know fuck you guys. They were just like come on guys, you know just you know get your shit together, you know. Yeah, stiff upper lip and all that. Even though that's British and not Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the thing about the the show writers, and and this is the argument you get into a lot of times where if you try to do, oh, who would win in a fight kind of thing, is that, you know, you get with, with younger fans, and I, and I use younger fans kind of in a relative term here. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I go on certain uh, tokusatsu sites, and I'm the oldest guy on there by 15 years, and I'm like, God damn it, you know. But uh, you get to some uh, younger fans, they think, well, you know, Kamen Rider, the early ones, they, they just had one form. That's not that powerful. They were as powerful as they were going to get right from the start. They don't upgrade, you know. But and then you get the older fans like yeah, but that meant that they were the badass of all badasses right out of the gate, and didn't need any upgrades. So you get that kind of scene here where it's like okay, we don't have the alternate forms and stuff, but our attacks are so powerful that we don't give a shit anyway. And it's like oh, you've got the you know uh, cantaloupe tomato grass seed arms. That's nice. I've got a rider kick that'll take your fucking head off. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of yeah. like power levels are off the charts. We can't possibly fight against that, you know. So, yeah, they, they are totally competent. They don't you don't want to step to this kind of thing. OK, now you guys are going to give me a moment here because shit gets really fucking crazy, really fucking quick. <laughs> um, OK, the Heisei show writers. Yeah, uh, seriously, like 10, 15 minutes of just insane insanity. The Heisei show writers confront the Badan Empire. And helped by uh, the other armored riders from Gaim, Baron Ryugan and Zengesu Shin. And the Generalissimo of Badan reveals himself to be a giant monster, because why not? He turns into Jurassic Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I could, you know, that's what, that's, yeah, that's what he does, you know. <laughs> now here's where we go into fucking Sentai craziness. Uh, Daigo Kiryu from the Koyo Ryuger series appears because he does, and also Gabutaira. If King is there, Gabutaira will be there, so I can understand that. And I just, I just, I just had this image of King like sitting in his apartment and seeing a big fight going. I was like, shit, I got to get a piece of that. <laughs> if he's King, I mean, that's his whole thing, you know. He's like, like action adventure, yeah, you know. Yeah, 
and then they do the all dragon kick. It's like, oh my god, this is so awesome! Let's ride or kick the <laughs> hell out of this thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it's a great moment. It's like, like you said, Luke. It's like this is a guy movie more or less. And but still, Fies gets so much good characterization, and I, I know you've seen Fies, and I have too. And it's just like I, I like what they did with him because he his series did end on such a down note, and like they give him a really good, I guess you would say completion. They give him like a good yeah. ending to his story. So that, that yeah, they, was really they, cool. they get him. They, it, they get him to a healthier place mentally, and he's he's kind of addressed it and taken on feelings that he had to deal with, and, and, and all the all the. The, the, the mourning and the, re, the regret and everything that he had that built up from the end of that series, this, this gives the character a chance to come out and, and work through it. And so now you can think, as if you're a fan, it's like, okay, I can see Fives coming back and then actually doing more stuff with him in future movies because they've kind of addressed where he was at, you know? Again, similar yeah, to like exactly. what they did with, with Haruto in The Gaim vs. Wizard, where they got Haruto where he was... You know, he was on his quest at the end of Wizard, and he's completed it. He's at peace with himself. So now it's like, okay, you need some, you know, you, you need Fies or Wizard? Yeah, we're ready to go. Yeah, it's like the, the characters that were kind of lost or broken are now, you know, fixed, or they found what they were looking for, so then you can actually kind of tell new stories with them if you if you choose to at this point. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was like, yeah, just a, a nice ending for Fives, if nothing else. But we're still not done yet. Because Kamen Rider, the first, gives Guy a special Loxy. It contains the 15 powers of Showa Riders, allowing him to transform into one arms, and finally defeat that motherfucking asshole 15. <laughs> yeah. Who actually, when he gets beat up, he's like, he's like, I'm an asshole. Yeah. What was funny with 15 is before they get to this point, at one point, Wizard starts fighting him, and then Wizard is joined by Forza, and he's and then Decayed, and like almost all the show, all the Heisai Riders who are not actively involved in something else, all start f- joining in fighting Fifteen. And so I thought that yeah, was neat yeah. because at first I was like, "Oh, cool, it's Wizard versus Fifteen, and then then Forza shows up with them, and Forza's great. I knew you'd like this story because I gotta help my buddies, and he runs yeah. over So it, it was it was neat because you've got the guy. It was it's like when you know you got the Fantastic Four fighting the Super Scroll. It's like well he's got all our powers, so we all got to fight him. You know. Well, you know, you know, I was gonna say this. It was like this is something I've, I've noticed about the Showa and the the Heisei era. I, I think honestly, and this is this is not biased. This is just something I I kind of observed. The Showa era. Whenever they team up, it seems to be out of a brotherhood of being common riders. They're like, I will help you because you're a common rider. I think that the Heisei era guys actually like each other. They're actually friends, you know? If that makes sense. You know, they actually have like been like, dude, you're pretty cool. I'd hang out with you. You know, where the Showa guys are like, we will never be out in public, but I will get your back. Just call me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it's more, the way I kind of likened it to is that the, the, the older the Showa riders were more like a clan of samurai, you know, and that they yeah, were, exactly, yeah. you know, they, they had, they, they, they did their own, like, especially like towards the end of the, 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 the feudal period, kind of like a thing like the middle of the, the 1800s or so when, you know, that there still were samurai, but the daimyos didn't control them so much. They had a lot of autonomy. 
that, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm loyal to you. You're my friend. So if you need me, you can have my sword there, but I'm got my own shit going on. You know, I don't, you know, we're, we're, we're arms. We're not hanging out at the, you know, whatever at the rice. I don't even know what, where you go to hang out in feudal Japan, I guess at the tea house or you, something. You, I guess. you go to, <laughs> go to feudal droopers, of course. Yeah. <laughs> get a, a, a fruity get some fruit plates. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. they, they had fruit in the eighteen hundreds. Um, by gum, they get the, they get the fruity donuts like in the last <laughs> <laughs> banana. <laughs> now that the Badan Empire has been destroyed, however, the show writers use their power, and in a nice uh, again the feels motherfucker the meat the feels. They have Shu reunite and reconcile with his parents before, like, pretty much, I guess they all, like, you know, like, before he passes on to the other side. And, like, they pass on to this, like, wife of where she's like, you're an evil fucking common writer. How can I, like, ever trust you? Now that message I was talking about before, you know, the, the message with the little piece of paper that said, you know, I hate you and Kanji, like, magically transforms. And now it says, like, I love you. And so yeah. it's supposed to be like all this like happy, you know, basically, you know, somebody cries on Ash's Pokemon and everybody's alive and everything's like super cool and things are sparkly and all that kind of good stuff. And then they, they have this moment that kind of, you know, affected me, you know, because it's like you're talking about the feels like that. It's like, you know, obviously their their son is is not, you know, in the world of the living and everything like that. But they do have this moment where it's like a father, a mother and a son and, and they're all hugging. And all I could think of is like, family hugging you know like, like that's something that's like you know i think if you you i, I don't know me i i am a, a, a or you know i am a single child so so that is particularly you know poignant to me like you know specifically because it's like something that i i had at one point you know where yeah. you could do that you know so it's like oh okay like this is obviously is a touching moment with with those characters and it kind of it, it kind of resolves, you know, I mean, I don't know if it redeems, you know, the card haircut and 15's lameness, but it resolves their family issues for, for the viewer, you know, that, that arc they sort of had. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, now all the fields are done. It's easy to fight. <laughs> for no reason. Uh, well, well, no well, well, not yet. Not so the, yet. Re- the reason not is yet. that there's but, 10 minutes left in the movie. That's what the reason is. <laughs> the reason is I went online yeah. and I voted for a victor, and I want to see what I voted for. Well, well, okay. before we get to that, before we get to okay. that, no. Okay, okay. They kind of have, like, the show writers are still like, you know, I don't know if we can trust you, but I have to bring this guy back because he's been very important and decayed, and he's just fucking there. And Narutaki... Actually, it's a fanboy moment where he actually kind of marks out for Decay. Do you remember that? That was kind of yeah. cool. That, that was kind of nice. He was like, maybe Decay's not so bad. However, the show writers are like, fuck Decay. <laughs> They're like, we don't know if we could trust you. Okay, and now, here's where we're going to get to a very important moment. We're going to talk about both of them. This is a movie with something you probably have never seen before that was widely released. It's got two endings. It's like and there, there's been <laughs> yeah 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 there's been multiple names on like you know like DVD and stuff and you know maybe in the movies but this doesn't happen very often. Apparently, what happened was for the theatrical release, the the fans could go and vote on which ending they wanted. So basically, by a narrow margin, the Heisei ending was the victor, and that's what was shown theatrically according to the the Common Rider wiki. Oh, okay, cool. 
I will I will go through the first ending first, and we'll talk about that, and then I'll go into the second ending because they are they're slightly different, but they're different enough that where we could. I don't know if Derek's third rate is going to like boil over. I, that's, I'm wondering if that's where he gets like pissed off. This but, is um, yeah. I don't I I don't know. I don't I don't know. <laughs> well, go ahead talk about. It. Let, let's 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 reveal what the endings are, and then we'll talk about them. Okay, the first one is the Heisei ending. Basically, Kamen Rider One challenges Gaim to a fight. They fight each other, and Gaim he's he's almost beaten, and he risks himself to save a single flower from Kamen Rider's one kick. And the show writer is like, you beat me because you showed an act of kindness. And you guys are worthy of, you know, saving the earth and being writers. And they, they, they go their separate ways. So basically he says, you know, maybe I was wrong about you. So what do you, what do you guys think about that ending? Okay, there, there's that part of me that, like, I've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, I, I don't take a kindness as a weakness. I, I think that's a mistake. Like, you know, like I, I've always been taught that that's something my dad's always said to me, you know, don't mistake kindness for a weakness. But at the same time, I'm like, you just took like a, a life threatening hit over a fucking flower. And yeah. the other guy's like, ah, you took a life threatening hit over a flower. Now I respect you. It's like, for reals? Like, like, Okay. Like the, yeah, I mean, this, it's just, is, it's just uh, like all right. This is a little, this is a little kind of like goofy. Like I yeah, mean, that, that that was that was a bit. Like we talked before about the the, the conflict being contrived. That ending was was pretty poor. I mean, I I, I like what they're going for. That he's that he's uh, it's something that I, I talk about with with my my sons. It's like okay, like we talk about like Ultraman. It's like well, what is what does Ultraman do? Does he fight monsters or does he protect people? It's like, well, he protects people. He does it by sometimes fighting monsters. It's like that heroes protect people, and sometimes they have to fight people to do that. You know, it's not, it's not doing it for the fight. So, okay, he showed compassion and wanted to defend life, but it was a flower. I'm sorry. I, I just can't get behind that. Yeah. If it had been, if it had been yeah, either, if, I don't know, like, this, like baby duck. If, if this it was fucking Wally, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. But I mean, well, if, it's, if it's if it's you know uh, you know cute cute baby animals, if it's the turtle that Kaido was trying to yeah, find that before, that would have been that would have been, been perfect. I'd have been, been awesome. like, oh, the turtle, and then he's like he stops and he sees the turtle. He's like, okay, well you showed an act of of kindness and compassion, and uh, yeah, I that, could that that would have made that, more sense to me. That's awesome, Luke. Yeah, that totally would have worked way better. It, it it you know to me it makes me think of of what what you should have felt is what you felt during the Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battle when Zero, you know, stops to protect the little Pigmon guy or whatever. You know, like, where you're like, oh, every life, even the small lives are, you know, important, you know, type thing. And it's like, that that would be the same same point illustrated. Like, you protected a small life, but it, it, but I respect your kindness. You know what I mean? Like, that would have It would have, yeah, it would have made more sense than the flower, because that, the, saving something that's beautiful, it's like, mm, that doesn't really work for me. Yeah, and then, you know? but then, and then they're in the middle of, like, the, you know, the beach, rocky, whatever it is. Like, it's just kind of like, come on, man, that flower, that flower doesn't have long anyway, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting out there yeah. all by itself in the middle of this rocky, beachy terrain. Like it's 
It's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you, you see them. They, they stop it from the flower getting crushed, and then Forza blasts him with his rocket skates and lands on it. Dude, that's so awesome! <laughs> it's like, it's flower burning time! Not, not, not to mention the great Sengoku battle, like, Gaim was all about beating the fuck up out of a plant. So I'm just saying, why does he like plants now? <laughs> fuck you, pitcher plant! I, I thought it was a little... I'm like I'm like poison ivy small thing. A... Send your angry emails to fanhome yeah. podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, I th- yeah, I thought it was a little contrived because I was like, oh, you don't want to kill a flower. I'm like, really? Have you seen much grass? Coda steps on. He's running through the park. Uh, it, it wasn't bad. It was just like that makes you like them now. Time. We're going to go to the alternate ending now. I'm coming around a guy and miss defeat, and he's charging up because he's going to use a special attack against Kamarider 1. But he's like, holy shit, he's going to kick my ass where I can even do it. So he's kind of like relenting that he's going to kick his ass before he can actually attack. Which goes back to Derek's statement about, like, you know, no. <laughs> that doesn't happen in this movie. He could deploy it in split seconds and protect himself while he's transforming. But Kamen Rider 1 is like, you know what? You could have done that, but your kindness, you know, is is something worth merit. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, 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 huh? What? It, yeah. it, it's 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 weird. He's waiting. Basically, it's kind of like it, 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 it's the difference between like, okay, we're gonna sit down and play Mortal Kombat, me and Tony, and then it's like instead of it being like uh, Tony's not at his controller yet, I could totally like finish him and get a perfect on this round because he hasn't even reached his controller yet. But it's like you know what? I will wait for you, Tony. I will wait for you to get your controller. Yeah. And then it's like it's like ah you waited for me to get my controller thus you appreciate me and you have shown me an act of kindness thus we will not play Mortal Kombat at all and go get like, <laughs> burgers or something you know and I'm just kind of like okay like I I kind of sort of understand that but again it it you know it goes back to that contrived feeling where you're like what well, what the fuck were you guys fighting about this whole movie like this like flowers and who who lets who power yeah. up first? Like I eh, I don't know. Like that that kind of stuff fell flat for me. It just seemed like okay. In one version, the the Heisei guys win because they let them win, and in another version, the Showa guys win because they let them win. You know, it's like it's like basically it's like you know I get I guess you're supposed to get off on the idea that somebody uh, conceded. You know, yeah. like they're, they're both they're both endings of conceit. It's like it's like, oh, I was wrong, Tony. Thank you, Derek. Thank you for saying you were wrong. The end. And then in the alternate yeah. ending, it's like it's like I was wrong, Derek. And I'm like, thank you, thank you for saying you are wrong. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, like I get if that's yeah. uh, all right, whatever. Yeah, it's, like I, it's, I, 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 yeah. It's kind of like the you know the 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 like you said. Uh, Derek, you said it before. Don't don't mistake my kindness for weakness, which is the John Cena principle, as I refer to it. 
You know, so it's, it's kind of that. <laughs> out of nowhere, but uh, the yeah, so the the, the Showa ending. I guess the idea is that rather than, like we were talking about before, where it was a transformation that happened instantaneously here, Gaim's powering up an attack, and, you know, so so one doesn't attack him because it wouldn't be an honorable thing to attack him when he's powering up his big attack. And again, but it, it, the ending kind of just kind of comes because it has to, you know? it's uh, the, the I, I mean, I guess the idea is that we're all trying to get that everybody's on the same page, that they all believe in strength coming from kindness and strength coming from, you know, protecting others. But that end, neither of these endings really satisfactorily get, you know, it's a very, it's very clunky. It's a very clunky way to get to that point. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's heavy handed and it's kind of like they, they trip over their own shoelaces to get you to that point. That's why you're like, Oh my God, Luke, you're so brilliant. It should have been that fucking turtle. Like that, that would have, that would have like just, and that should have been the only goddamn ending. And that was it, you know, like it would have been brilliant, but oh well. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Hey, it's okay because the ending is not, neither ending is so bad that it takes me out of it. It's just, we needed a resolution where, you know, neither side looked more powerful. It was okay for either side yeah, to concede yeah. because if the Showa guys concede, then they're showing respect to the new generation and putting them over. And if the Heisai guys concede, yeah. they're showing respect to the wisdom of their elders. So both of those will work in the story. And, again, we didn't come to watch this for the gripping emotional tale that was the plot. Oh, of, no. uh, of the, <laughs> right, no. right. So it's like if this means we get another six minutes of common Riders fighting each other, more power to it. I'm, all, I'm all, all behind that. You know what I thought was hilarious, though, is, like, you know, there are – there are similar points, you know, they use the same footage for both endings. And, and after both, whoever, whichever party concedes after that, basically it's like handshakes all around and they have this yeah. kind of conversation. But what I loved about it is basically it's like, you know, like when your dad takes you and sits you down and, and kind of has a lecture and, and lectures you or talks to you and says, Hey, look, this is how things are in the world or whatever. And at the time, like maybe you're young and stupid and like, you should be listening because it's probably very wise or whatever and, and sage, but you know, you're kind of eager to go out and play with your friends or do whatever. And you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Bye. You know? And I felt like that's what was going on here with the generational gap. Cause you'll notice after all the handshakes all around, it's like the Showa era guys who are like, yes. And you must go out there and fight the good fight and do this <laughs> and do that. And, and all these details and everything. And then every like Heisei writer it cuts to, they're just kind of like, yeah, 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 old guy, yeah, 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 we get it, you know, that kind of cracks me up, because they're kind of like, all right, come on, yeah, 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 it's kind of funny. I would say, like, for me, like, the main thrust of this movie, I don't know who wrote it, I, I, god damn, I don't know who writes all these, like, shows from Shola till now, I, Sure, there's been so many writer changes. It's like, and I said writer, not writer, writer changes that, like, you know, it's gone through so many, like, you know, different points of view and stuff. I would say, like, the three biggest points of this movie, first off, is definitely Fies. Fies just, like, grew as a character so well. And he was, he was really fleshed out. And, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of a guy movie. And it's definitely, like, you know, a anniversary movie of, like, you know, the show versus Heisei. 
But, like, I really love Fives in this. He really had a good arc. I loved how he progressed. And Jen, too. Jen was great as well. Second of all, I really liked the fact that it was a big battle. You want to see this. Like Luke said, you want to see these guys fight, you know? And the the whole, like, apocalypse beginning and how it ends, yeah, it's perfunctory. It's like, you know, we got to do this. We can't have these guys kill each other, honestly. Because we gotta sell toys, we got like fucking figure arts. Come on, so you know, it's not like Marvel where they kill like a fucking guy like the month before they release a new figure, Derek, <laughs> or, 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 or Derek change <laughs> or, or change their costume. Like you're like, I'm out of date. Yeah, it's like why buy me? I don't exist. You know, so they gotta sell toys. So that's that's totally cool. And like you know, third of all, as far as an anniversary movie, like you said. Luke, it's a giant fucking mismatch of just, like, all these fucking eras, all these writers, and is it perfect? By God, no, it's not. But to do what they did with what they had, with all these, like, eras, all these writers, all these actors, they got a lot of old actors who, like, you know, were were willing to appear just for their fans. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought they did a really good job on, like, trying to pull a movie together and make it entertaining. I I mean, the ending, yeah, take it or leave it, but, I mean, damn, I mean, it's better than a lot of endings for a lot of franchises I've seen as far as, like, a big movie kind of feel. So I, I, I thought it was, like, you know, obviously not perfect, but definitely satisfying because I saw a lot of things I liked in it, a lot of things I liked, so, you know. So yeah. so give me give me a base here, Tony. What? How many pineapples are you are you giving us? I would give this, in all honesty, not going to give it a perfect score, but I would give it a solid four and a half pineapples. Some stuff let me a little bit hurt as far as like what I saw, but overall, way above average. Way above average. So is that what is that out of like thirty? Uh, we 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 no we we yeah I know I know right. I'll just go. <laughs> That's on a scale of 50 pineapples, Luke. I really hated this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I enjoyed this quite a lot. Like you said, it, it's, it's, I, I like a good mashup smashup. Was it as good as Superhero Wars Z? I don't think so. I think Superhero Wars Z did a better job of um, presenting everybody and everybody's point of view. And that one also had, it, it, it drew on more stuff because it had, you know, obviously a full group of Super Sentai and Metal Heroes and all that. So that one, I think, of the Kaizens I've seen is still my, the, the best. But this one I thought was really good. It was a lot of fun to get all this history because there's a lot of history here. We get, you know, a, a pretty good presence from Takeshi Hongo. We get a good presence from Kamen Rider uh, X and Kamen Rider Z-Cross. And we get to see, you know, all these all these villains come back from earlier in the series and all that. So, and, But it, it, at the same time, we get a lot of the modern stuff, too. So... If you're a fan of one of the modern series, there's probably at least something in here for you, especially if, you know, you like Fies or Deno or Wizard, you know, or Gaim, that there'll be enough here that you'll be marking out for that. So I really enjoyed it out of uh, I'm going to do it out of mangoes because I really like Baron's mango arms and I love that that shows up a couple of times <laughs> in this. So I'll do it out of mangoes out of five. I would probably give it three and three quarters, three point seven five mangoes. Out of five, really enjoyable, a lot of fun, but some of the story elements kind of hamper it a little bit as far as like comprehension. 
but a, he- a heck of a good time to watch with, you know, some, some friends and a case of your favorite beverage. Luke, Luke is a tougher judge than I am. I'm, I'm pretty tough on Guy. I mean, he's actually tougher than I am. I, I enjoyed this. Because, like, I mean, Derek, Derek has, like, said, like, I'm tough on Gaim. <laughs> well, you know, again, it's it's it, I'm, I'm not it's not so much that I'm, I'm hard on this one. I think it's just that I, I like Superhero War Z better. And that's what I'm comparing it to because those are the – these are the oh, two uh, – I mean, because I haven't seen Superhero, you know, uh, the first one, which was uh, Wars X, which was Kamen Rider vs. Super. So I haven't seen that one. And I haven't seen the new one that just came out. I've got it sitting on my uh, – well, it's, it's, it's the new Rider War one that just came out. I haven't seen that one yet. So I didn't like this one as much as that one. It's, it's not that I didn't like it. I did, just not as much. Oh, no. I, like, like, I, I, like I said, I go to you for the Showa references and stuff and, like, the history of Kamen Rider. So I think that plays a big part in that. And, like, if you weren't fully satisfied but more than averagely satisfied and you, it, like, enjoyed how they were portrayed – yeah, that's that's definitely a good score. Definitely, like you know, something worth watching. So, yeah. What'd you? It's already keep cutting you off, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no worries. I I, I gave it a three point five pineapples because I, I I agree that it's above average. I had a good time watching it. Like I said, I thought the opening was like it's awesome. Like I was like, this is gonna kick ass. And like, there's lots of like you're saying, there's lots of fun fights. I, I agree with you guys. I know nothing about Fives, but I thought he was the most well-written and had the most believable, you know, character arc in terms of how we view, you know, basically Western cinema. You know, he, he started at one point and and resolved and, and, and was at a completely different point by the end of the film. So that was, to me, just as, as, as a, you know, Western audience member, you know, to me that was something that I could latch on to regardless of never having seen an episode of Fives before in my life. So I think that's, you know, a positive note in its in its benefit. You know, I, I enjoyed, again, pretty much all the transformation scenes. Like, I thought all those were kick-ass. I, and, and even though Baron did not have a, a nearly as much screen time as Gaim, I think they, they both got really True. fun moments. You know, they, they were all you know, showcased very well. You kind of got a good idea of who they were as characters and all that kind of stuff. So in terms of just Gaim coverage, it's like, I think this is fun because, you know, Kota makes a really good showing for the most part, except for a couple stupid things where he gets knocked out of Kachidochi arms. So like, to me, like, okay, so I, I, I knock it down a bit. What the common rider? Yeah, yeah, I knock it down for like some of those durr moments and the durr moments, and and I think the big the big thing that I took off that 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 would probably be point five, and I would leave it at point five. But I think I think the point off is like I I was not feeling the endings, even though there were multiple endings. Like they they could have come up with like yeah. a third. You know, I'd like I'd like the third ending that doesn't suck. Please, <laughs> you know, like like that. That's kind of my attitude about that, but. But I will say overall, this is this is above average, and and I give it three point five pineapples. Sounds good. I, I will I will fully admit that like probably the reason I give it probably a full point over you guys is because honestly I never thought I'd see Black and Black RX in the same fucking scene together. <laughs> and I am a, I'm a big fan of that. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, the fanboy <laughs> has to creep out sometime. It just oh totally. Just okay. to, like, okay. Okay. Out when, when General Jark showed up, I was like, "Are you serious, bro?" <laughs> I, I can't, I can't fault you for that, Tony, because you know, you know, if Team Pop Up was in this, I'd give it a five out of five, no matter who wins. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Five out of five. Now, Best of the world. 
let me let me let me throw this one out here, guys. Uh, I, I think I can I think I, I can say that with good confidence. I think you guys will be with me on this. Who would like to see spinning out of this a manga of Fies and X on the road fighting monsters and riding motorcycles? <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I what do you want better, Luke? I would actually want to see a series, like a live action series of that. Okay. I would, don't do a manga. I would want to see a TV show about that. I'd love. To, well, you do the manga first, and then you do a, a tokusatsu after you finish the manga. You know, like, like they did with Kamen Rider. So yeah, that'd be. I mean, yeah. that that's the story I want to see. I want to see the two of them. You know, hit. Uh, you know, like uh, I don't know, like like Walker Texas Ranger out there. You know, just. <laughs> so hard, hard, hard traveling common riders. Hard traveling common riders, exactly. I, I, I will, I will tell you the truth, Derek. If you watch Fize, like Fize's story is like really heartbreaking. But goddamn, the Orkinox—they're so sympathetic as characters. Goddamn, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> like you, yeah, you you really feel for it. You know, like Luke seeing Fize. It's just like, well, yeah. are they bad guys? Are they really bad? Yeah. It, they're it's you know they're different so they're bad kind of thing you know but but that yeah, but that 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 is another that is another story <laughs> like the end of Conan the Barbarian yeah you know in, you know what uh, Luke if we ever do Fies if we ever do like a Fies series I will totally ask you to come on board because yes <laughs> yeah. I am you Fies the feels the feels the bitches. <laughs> I don't have enough feels to deal with all this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we can't go into it. Can't go into fives. We've given our uh, uh, pretty much our reflections on this giant fucking movie. I, I, like Luke said it best, the story is kind of thin. We get introduced to Common Rider fifteen and Shu, and they they're pretty interesting characters. But for a big battle movie, we all agree it's definitely worth watching. I mean, if you want to see people beat the shit out of each other, you're going to see people beat the shit out of each other. If you're wanting, like, you know, Oscar-winning moments, yeah, you're going to go watch Memento. You're not going to get, like, deep character reflections and stuff. But there's some good stuff here. And again, like I said, there's there's a point where, you know, this pretty much takes place in Zawami City. You know, this is part of Gaim's storyline. So that's why we totally had to go into this movie. We couldn't overlook it because Gaim is at this time in the movie, the most prominent common writer. And he does a good job. He's not as featured as well as he could have been, but he did definitely a lot in this movie. He's, he's definitely a top three tier in this movie. So we had to definitely include him in the guy chronology as far as where this movie places and where we're going to go to next with the uh, next series of guy episodes. Again, like, just, just watch this. This is fun. It's really good. We're going to go ahead and wrap up. I will say this. I really appreciate Luke being here tonight. He was with us with the whole Wizard and Gaim episode, a movie, which was really, really fun to do. I hope you guys enjoyed this one as well. He is on Earth Destruction Directive. I got it right that time. Yay! Yay! Woo! You guys look that up. It's on Two True Geeks. Um, he does a great job. He does a lot of too true too true freaks, freaks, God damn it. <laughs> I was so I was so centered on your podcast I forgot the damn website. Say, say it once right. clearly so they can hear you. Two 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 true freaks dot com. And besides Earth Destruction Directive, the other show I do on on two true freaks dot com 
is the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror with several co-hosts, including Chris Honeywell, Chris Tyler, Sean Engel, and this other guy, Jason Giaconetti. I'm not sure who he is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can also, you can also check, out my, you check out my Hawkman blog at beingcarterhall.blogspot.com. And I do have a new podcast in the works. I'm not going to... Not going to spoil it on air yet because it hasn't debuted yet, but it'll be on 2TrueFreaks.com, so keep an eye out for that. If you like dudes fighting, it might be up your alley. I'm just going to leave it at that. So Cool. Uh, so be sure to check those out. Yeah. And I like, want to give you like. the opportunity also to thank you guys for having me on again. You know, we're at Destruction Directive. We, I try to stick pretty close to just doing Daikaiju, but I, you know, I, I love Kamen Rider and the Super Sentai. So any opportunity I get to talk about them, I really relish and appreciate. So I really want to thank you guys for having me on again. This was a, a lot of fun, not only to watch the film, but then to talk about it with a couple of fellow Kamen Rider fans. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank, oh, thank yeah. you, Luke. We don't, we don't know oh, yeah. what we'd do without you. It, it's great to have you chime in <laughs> on all the, the different writer stuff, especially the stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, like me and Tony, we're getting into this. I know Tony knows a lot more than I do, but I, I appreciate all the, you know, the sort of sage, you know, commentary and everything on all the different errors because cause this just makes the show so much more richer to have your input. So thank you as well. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, I, I'm I'm like the Heisei guru, but you're totally the show guru. You you got me nailed on that, which is very helpful because this that was definitely needed on this episode. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I totally check out all that stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> the show stuff. Ooh, throws me. Uh, I think Derek's seen like maybe the first four or five episodes of Rider One, which he really liked, by the way. He really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, yeah I, I like that. Commander is a hell of a uh, series. There's there's a there's a reason why it ran like ninety something episodes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Commander has a huge history. It's a really fun series. Totally like worth watching in every aspect. Even if you like Showa, if you like Heisei, it's just like more in depth than Sentai. And Sentai is also fun. And we're gonna get into Sentai at some point again on fan holes, I promise. I really do promise. I know Luke mentioned he liked Tokira a whole lot. Uh again, you know, Luke, great having you here. We're gonna get you back here again, probably for some other Kamen Rider show later on in the line, because I know you've seen a lot more uh of them than Derek. Derek, come on man. You know, man up. Yeah, you, know, you gotta do some more you know, Kamen Rider. <laughs> I gotta be I gotta be a man I gotta be a man's man and watch some more Hongo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, if you want to get a hold of us, you already know how to get a hold of Luke and see his shows and his podcast. So uh, definitely listen to him, hear what he has to talk about. If you want to hear like giant rubber suited monsters fight each other, dear God, listen to that because I mean it's fun. It's a it's a good time. <laughs> I just, shit. That's that's what I grew up with. Godzilla, Gamera. Come on, that's what we all love. If you want to get a hold of us on the podcast for fan holes, you can get a hold of us on our Twitter. You can get a hold of us on Instagram. We got a Tumblr. We got our you know Facebook. Everything you want to get a hold of on like social media. If you want to listen to us live, you've got Stitcher Radio. You've got iTunes. All kinds of good stuff. You got the fan holes podcast proper on you know blogspot.com. And of course, if you want to yell at us. And tell us what we did wrong or what we did right. We got the fanholes podcast at gmail.com. Throw us some good stuff. Tell us if we did a good job. Tell us if we did a bad job. And if you have questions, if you want requests, we will do requests. Actually, one of the reasons we do Gaim now is because people wanted us to do Gaim. They were like, guys, you stop doing Gaim. Guys, Gaim, guys, Gaim, guys, Gaim. 
Yeah. But we did it because you you asked for it. Yeah, I know, right? It's like you asked and for we it. Will all... Yeah. <laughs> you you wanted it. Yeah, this is their fault. <laughs> oh, your fault. We're not the podcast you uh, deserve, but we're the podcast you got. <laughs> But, you know, we always appreciate feedback. We actually do appreciate a lot of people who give us feedback on these uh, episodes. So, as always, we are going to give you the best things we can. We have Mobile Suit Mondays. We have Transformer Tuesdays. We have Tofu Thursdays. We have Sentai Saturdays. We also have the Panels Podcast proper. And until then, this is Tony. This is Derek. And this is Luke. And throw it out. Benshin! Sorry about that. Was that, that was my, my oh, okay. no that that was my that was my alert going off. I'm on my tablet. <laughs> okay, no problem. Uh, it, it scared me. Okay, it scared me. I'm easily scared. <laughs> scary. Okay. It's scary. Uh, scary. Red, I always like resume reads like you know like this time to this time. You know, McDonald's employee of Japan. This time to this time, manager at a Costco. This time to this time, psychotic fucked up nut job with purple flames. <laughs> what happened after that? Oh, I was in position. position to the top. Uh, it looks like it looks yeah. like you left off assistant to card uh, hairdresser. <laughs> why? Why did you leave that off of your resume? Why? Why? Why is that? Come- we know about it. Like, God damn it! Where'd you get your Um. Anyway. God damn it. Decade shows up, uh, Sukasa, and he basically, you know, like, he, he knows the whole story.
Tony? Tony, you there? I, I can hear you, Derek. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Luke. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. I, think, I can't hear I, Tony. I think we just lost Tony. The call dropped. Let's All right, see. well, I'll just pick up the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. He'll be back. That's like um, that's like when you when you get married, they don't say, you know, do you take John Smith? They say, do you take this man? And they point to the guy who's first in line. That's why you all wear a tuxedo. So if the groom chickens out, everybody just takes one step down, and you know, he's this guy. Okay. <laughs> Hello? Uh-huh. Tony? Can you hear us? Here, maybe I need to type. Can, can you hear us, Tony? I don't think so. I don't no. think so. So, we are talking about to your you. <laughs> Let's restart the call and see if you can hear us. I feel like Siri or something. I'm like fucking... Okay, I'm going to restart the call. Let's restart the call and see if you can hear us. tonight because this movie is so big. I'm definitely using the wiki tonight, so. Scroll up. Then. I was actually every time, every it time I open that wiki page while we're doing something, even though now I have this like zillion dollar laptop, it still like slows down everything because of all the ads on that page. I can't stand. I mean, I like the wiki page as a resource, but then I write my own notes and put them in notepad because Every time I leave that thing open, it's always like, script stop. This page sucks because it's trying to advertise like Kleenex and Windex and all these other random things to you while you're trying to like read about like common Rider stuff. Well, yeah, and also like I have watched the movie. I, have, I watched it twice. I watched it earlier this week and I watched it a couple months ago. But even the wiki, they get some things kind of out of out of timeline. Like, you know, they'll like say like, he turns into Garm at this moment. I'm like, no, he didn't. He turned into him later. <laughs> anyway. Well, and then, and then they gloss over some things that I get irate over. So I'm like, how can you just gloss over that? This is important. <laughs> yeah. This is, like, really big. Yeah. Like, uh, that whole thing where Vader says he's Luke's dad. How can you leave that out? That's kind of a key thing. Like, Vader and Luke have this big fight, and then Luke finds out something. Then the Lando picks him up in the Falcon, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? 
Come on. <laughs> <laughs> then later on, Vader says something else, but we don't know what it's about. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. On gets trapped um, in this hole, and then stuff happens. And of course, it's just like a wiki read by Fatboy. He's like, but the most important character is Boba Fett and how awesome he is. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. <laughs> he has a jetpack. He flies everywhere. Oh my gosh. He doesn't fly in this movie, but he flies in the next movie. And god, he dies in such a horrible way. I was like crying for weeks. Yeah, well, good Dark Empire came along, and then it it, uh, it retconned that away so that he didn't die in the Sharlacc, and then goddamn Disney got rid of all the expanded universe, and he ruined Star Wars forever. <laughs> Come on. Seriously, guys. Uh, that's, why watch, Disney. that's why I watch Babylon 5 now. Uh, yeah, Babylon 5 is totally awesome. Uh, Don't look as good as Battlestar. Oh, my God. <laughs> Caprica got canceled way too soon. Fuck them. Sure uh, is, and Caprica didn't get canceled soon enough, and Sheridan and Boba Fett's excellent <laughs> adventures now begin. <laughs> All right. Uh, we should, me and Luke should just make our own podcast called Two Nerds Like Wine. <laughs> It'll be like an in-character podcast. Like, you should make up, like, names for yourself, and it's not going to be real, and it's just like a trolley podcast, so you get, like, all these angry oh, yeah, emails yeah. from people. You can be like, you know, just, you know, it's, it's that whole Plinket thing where you're like, and then Hank Pime, like, totally, like, smashed, you know, uh, Janice. And I love Janice. She's my favorite character in all of Marvel. <laughs> great female lead. I mean, Janice is just, wow. <laughs> like, she should have been leader of the Avengers forever. Yes. Greatest, greatest Avengers leader of all time. I don't think anyone will argue with that. And if they do, they're wrong. And and my favorite form of her is when she turned into a giant insectoid. That was just the best moment for her. I can't believe they had that stupid kid Franklin just undo all that great character growth. You want to know, I, I actually just read that story because at Heroes Con, I got the crossing omnibus. <laughs> which is, like like all the Marvel omnibus, big enough to kill a vagrant. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not choking to death on my Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the amount of vagrants that, uh, that Stephen and Andrew <laughs> over the, the first couple of years of that show. <laughs> well, 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 actually, isn't there like a couple of blank pages in the back of it so you can write down the vagrants you've killed with a book? <laughs> Oh, you mean you mean it, it could be a, a, a multiple? I, I just thought it was like you had to buy one of those omnibuy for every individual vagrant. But now you're saying you're saying you can commit multiple acts of murder with one omnibus. One wow. omnibus, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Woo! Uh, come on, Derek. I thought that was one of the selling points of it. Oh. Yeah, we kind of suck to spend like ninety nine bucks and only get one one kill out of it. <laughs> to be fair, I did my crossing omnibus for thirty dollars, which is the main reason I bought it. Still, that that's a good why for killing vagrants. You that's know, almost, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If he, if he, somebody... <laughs> CSI combo, FEMA combo, combo breaker. Um. Anyway. Um, oh Lord. How do we get off topic so badly before we even started? I don't know. You better you better rock this, Tony. You you had a movie and a comparison, and you're going to do this interesting intro. So let's let's have it. 
All right, let's, let's, let's get down to it. Also, I've been practicing this. Earth Destruction Directive, right? We <laughs> 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 get it right this time. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, shake the giggles out. Shake the giggles out. <laughs>